What's up? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Marvel Studios brings the heat to the D23 Expo with footage and most of the cast of Avengers Infinity War. Geek boner. Our full spoiler review of War for Planet of the Apes and a recap of our time hanging out at G-Fest, the largest gathering of Godzilla fans in the world held right here in Chicago. This is the second year in a row we've gone, and I know what you're asking. Did the nerd break anything valuable this year? Well, you're just going to have to listen and find out all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, July 20th, 2017. What's up, listener? What's up, jocks, nerds, freaks, geeks? You're all welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, your weekly geek fest where we discuss comic book and superhero-related news, reviews, and interviews. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. Jock and nerd. And that's where you get the name of the show. Joining us, of course, is everyone's favorite felty American. You know him, you love him. You could probably smell him from where you are. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? What's up, dudes? How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. How are you guys doing? How's everybody feeling today? Slack hole's a little loose today. That's good. I like a loose slack hole. That means uh, Rugs is going to be on fire. He's going to be bringing it. I hope so. Apparently, you were bringing it last week, according to the one email. We oh, we, uh, we will get to that email. We had a great show. I got Look, I got a great show planned for you, I don't you, know if it was listener. necessarily a great show, but I felt good throughout the entire show and after it. I felt loose. I felt alive. I felt it was like the first time my nipples were hard the whole time. Oh, shit. It, TMI, dude. Oh, sorry. It's fantastic. Uh, listener, this show, uh, we got very focused uh, content uh, programming. Uh, we're going to talk about what Marvel Studios released at D23. We're going to talk about something we didn't see. Well, nobody saw it except for a few people right. who wrote down what they saw, and we're not going to get to see it until November. Then we will be reviewing War for the Planet of the Apes, the, the closing yeah. of this amazing Apes trilogy. And we all went to G-Fest last weekend. We'll give you a little recap. Well, no, just me and you. Of Yeah, well, that's what I meant. Me and you went. I never go anywhere. Rugs, they don't let you out. They wouldn't let him in is the problem. No, I can't even get in through the airport. (laughs) You look way too much like a terrorist, Rugs. That's the problem. That fake beard is not helping. Uh, Godzilla Fest, the largest fan gathering of uh, Godzilla fans happening in Rosemont, Illinois. G-Fest 2017. If you know anything about last year's episode, you'll want to stick around until the end. You want to find out what happens. Or maybe not. (laughs) You want to find out. If I broke anything this year, uh, well, you just get to wait and see. As always, you can follow along with our lovely show notes, jockanerd.com slash 178. We'll have links to all the lovely things we will be talking about. Uh, fellas, unless you got any other thoughts before we get to the news, I say we get to the news. Let's do it. Okie dokie. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. 
Listener, if you want to reach out and contact us, slap us around, tickle us uh, silly, just visit jockinerd.com slash contact for all the various ways to contact us. Email, Twitter, Facebook, uh, SpeakPipe. We even have an old school voicemail line. Yeah, you can use your phone in the show notes, tap on the phone number, and leave us a message. We'll play it on the phone. And can somebody just use it to make sure it still works? Uh, I haven't used it in ages. I don't know. If you want, if you, it's a, it's a, a local call. So if you're overseas, maybe don't call. It's going to cost you way too much money. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with a little, before we get to the D23, I want to start with checking in on the Spider-Man Homecoming box office. A little box office update. This movie, in about 13 days of release... Uh, has made domestically $225 million in some change. Worldwide right now, it's sitting at 485 mil. Now, those sound like good numbers, right, guys? Sure. Not bad. $175 million budget. Here's the thing. It had a little uh, funkiness between uh, the first Friday and the second Friday. Uh, From Forbes, movie pundit Rob Kane points out Spider-Man Homecoming at an awful Friday to Friday fall. So he says the film was extremely well-reviewed with a 93% Rotten Tomatoes rating. Well-attended, $117 million domestic gross. The best three-day opening for Spidey Flicks and Spider-Man 3 stunning $151 million debut about a decade ago. But things quickly turned sour for the Sony Marvel co-pro yesterday when the grosses fell off a cliff, tumbling 73% from the first Friday's 50.8 million tally to an estimated 13.6 million on the second Friday. Oh shit. He says that's one of the worst Friday to Friday drops. The 16 movie Marvel cinematic universe has ever seen only Avengers image Ultron and civil war fared worse. And it's by far the worst for any of Sony's six Spider-Man movies well that already that stat right there is already nullified by the fact that they're included civil war had that drop off ah here think civil war is a terrible movie no that is a good point right so uh he goes on to say though this is a good point he says it's notable that the three biggest friday to friday drops in marvel's nine-year-old mcu franchise history have all come within the past two years is that mean that these movies are starting to wear out their welcome to you guys it could be maybe or is there just so much shit going on that people see it the first week and then they're on to like the next thing and just forget about it? I heard an interesting thing. Yeah. I watched a couple of things on YouTube and read a couple of articles on the interwebs and that they were kind of tabulating all this shit. And basically when they uh, tabulate how many things equate to ticket sales, yeah. that the ticket sales are not that far off from Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man, any of the Spider-Man movies. Okay. Basically the same amount of people go to watch these movies. Okay. It's just that the the money returns are inflated because of 3D and the, the ticket prices went up in the past, you know, how many ever years since 2000, whatever. So basically the same audience is seeing this. It's not growing the audience isn't growing. It's not like all a bunch of new people going to see Spider-Man movies. And there's also different levels of when you go to see these movies now. You have so many choices. Do I want to see it in a standard movie? Do I want to see it in uh, IMAX? Do I want to see it in 3D IMAX? Do I want to see it in real 3D? Do I want to see it in now? And all these theaters like have a proprietary 
Uh, cost you like thirty bucks to see the movie. Yeah, anywhere from like sixteen to like twenty five dollars. I saw Spider Man Homecoming in this thing AMC calls RPX, and I thought it was like this immersive thing. It's not that. It's just it's in between IMAX and the regular movie. Still costs you twenty bucks, but it was. A, a, that's what what they're saying is a cleaner picture, better sound mixing, nicer leather seats and shit. But it's just it's breaking up all these margins of these movies. And like, how do you want to see this? So, yeah, that's definitely going to uh, change the uh, the revenue. Uh, he has another interesting note here. He says Marvel characters have fared better lately in original new franchises like Guardians of the Galaxy and the Fox owned Deadpool. The same can be said for Warner Brothers DC's Wonder Woman. So they're saying, as the old Hollywood maxim goes, moviegoers may be telling the studios, give me the same thing, but different. That and, might be true. You know? And that, I, and I kind of see that. Have we been burned out by another Spider-Man? People are like, oh, this is another fifth, sixth Spider-Man movie. Uh, uh, it's interesting. Uh, in the meantime, Wonder Woman is like hitting crazy milestones. Wonder Woman has reached $380.7 million at the domestic box office. On its way to pass the U.S. total of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. It's the number one movie domestically. It's the number uh, one. Out of D.C. Wow. And it's like Warner Brothers' second biggest uh, uh, movie now. Uh, the third biggest third domestic biggest. release of all time. Yeah. Right behind The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. It's had legs. And speaking of legs, that was the other article that says it's holding it's holding better at the box office than any superhero movie has in 15 years. It definitely is. It had a, it had a I mean a hundred million dollar opening is very solid, but this movie lasting this long and making this much money is pretty unprecedented. It's de- it dethroned Sam Raimi's Spider Man from 2002, and boy does Gal Gadot have legs! I'll tell you what, literally and figuratively, <laughs> her legs are taking her a long way. So. Interesting box office stuff going on. Spidey uh, over the weekend had a sixty-two percent drop. Yeah, w- yeah. From the week prior, yes. which isn't the best. I think over sixty is considered terrible. Yeah. Just to uh, shit on BVS a little more. BVS had a sixty-nine percent drop. Oh, week, week and, oh, sixty-nine. Ouch. And when we Ooh, get to war number, for though. Planet of the Apes, we'll uh, discuss what happened uh, with that movie because it beats. We were like, is it going to beat? Spider-Man, and it did, man. It, uh, Spider-Man was number one for like one week. Well, no, well, I mean, it should. Yeah. It, it should. Movies don't know. Blockbusters on consecutive weekends don't normally. It doesn't happen hold anymore. consecutive weekends yeah. unless the movie's really bad. Yeah, it's crazy. So, well, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, domestically, Spider-Man Homecoming's already 11th. Oh, wow. Um, which is above Thor, Ant-Man, two Thors, Ant-Man, Captain America, and Incredible Hulk, and it'll probably get to like eighth by the time it's done. You think it'll, it's only going to go midway. It's still climbing. Well, it has but... Dr. Strange, which is two thirty two, and Captain America, the winter soldier, which is two fifty nine. It could, it could probably get to catch those two. I mean, especially in a, and in Iron a, Man two is that, that 300 mark in a, in a, in a time where every, it seems like every week there's a fucking blockbuster movie uh, and it coming out. And, 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 and the time of that is getting wider. It's not just well, the summer here's the thing. There's been every week, there's been a blockbuster movie, but although the war, the war box office opening qu- makes me question fans sometimes. Yeah, fans are getting smarter. If you look at like the Pirates franchise or the mm-hmm. Transformers mm-hmm. franchise, those movies aren't making the money that they used to make because people are now looking at Rotten Tomatoes and looking at things and being like, "This is shit," and it's tired, and we're not seeing it anymore. 
Yeah, I think the same, you know, the same stuff is starting to wear on people. Well, and that's good for that. Those franchises, hopefully we'll start to see a shift and some of these superhero movies can adjust and, you know, figure out uh, where to take their franchises. All right. Let's talk about D23, which is this is the Disney Expo they hold every other year, right? Yeah, it's the Disney Expo for everything Disney. It's basically San Diego Comic-Con, but just for Disney stuff. So rides, movies, every sort of Disney. And of course, they got Star Wars. They got Marvel Studios. Oh, in Orlando, they got all their Disney properties. They released their slate of movies uh, until like 2020. Oh, they're running the world, dude. Their slate of movies. (laughs) You think they for this to go on the weekend before San Diego Comic-Con, which is starting, which is on right now, listener, as we record, uh, that's nuts because what they showed us, what do they, what do they have left for Comic Con? Let's just go over, let's go over the, the the cast photo first of all, which is this is an incredible photo uh, by its own right uh, on the stage. I'll put a photo in the show notes if you haven't seen it already. Uh, from left to right, you have Sebastian Stan, Winter Soldier, Dave Bautista as Drax. You have uh, Karen, Karen Gillan, Gillian, Nebula, Palm Clementif, Mantis, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, Josh Brolin, Thanos, Kevin Feige in the middle, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, Mark Ruffalo, Hulk, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet Witch, uh, Paul Bettany, Vision, Don Cheadle, War Machine, and uh, Anthony Mackie, Black uh, as Falcon. Get all on, on this fucking stage Anthony together. Anthony being black. Black Falcon. I was going to call him Black Falcon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Black Panther, Black Falcon, whatever. You black got Cheetle. Black Cheetle. Anthony got- Mackie, black. <laughs> <laughs> Little Freudian you should slip. should cut that out. <laughs> no, you're leaving that in, no, you son of a bitch. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> because uh, Falcon. He's Falcon. <laughs> but these guys came out. I think after they showed in the, this Infinity War. No, no, the way they did it. Def- yeah, how did it go? They, they brought them all out, and then they were like, um, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna recap the the past ten years of Marvel," and they did this like recap video, and then they spliced in the trailer at the end as like a surprise. Whoa. Okay, so here's a quick paragraph describing recapping this trailer from Screen Rant, and holy crap. Uh, The trailer begins with a passed out and wounded Thor floating in space. Guardians of the Galaxy hit him as they are flying through the space in Milano. In the Milano, he's stuck to the windshield and Rocket proposes using the windshield wipers to wake him up. Thor is brought into the Milano, wakes up and says, who the hell are you guys? There's a cut to Loki holding the Tesseract, a shot of Spider-Man on a bus, arm hair stand up, confirming Spidey sense. Iron Man working with the Guardians. Thanos arrives to battle Avengers. Spider-Man shown wearing new suit from the end of Spider-Man Homecoming. Cut to Peter with mask off saying, I'm sorry to Stark. Thanos battling Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, and Iron Man. Shows Captain America in a new suit with a beard. Black Widow is now blonde. Thanos pulls pieces of the moon to Earth to toss at the Avengers. And they show the logo. Holy crap. I don't even know where to start. Uh, it goes on outside of this. There was quick shots of Scarlet Witch in combat, Black Panther battling in Wakanda, massive destruction, amazing, incredible from, amounts from of what scene I heard, show. Just to add a little couple yes. more tidbits, it sounds like Black or uh, Scarlet Witch is in Vision are fighting something and she's trying to help him. And then there's also a shot of 
uh, Winter Soldier with a Wakandan army behind him. Whoa, whoa! And Faizi uh, wow. said, "So this description, and, uh, the Doctor Strange, um, just another tidbit. Doctor Strange uh, and Star Lord. Doctor Strange is calling upon like stairs or like little uh, magic steps, and Star Lord's jumping off of them, firing oh, wow. shit at." Wow, uh, Kevin Feige said the trailer won't be released until later this year, probably right before Thor Ragnarok. So uh, I don't unless, know unless it appears this yeah, weekend at yeah. Comic Con and someone. I mean, it. yeah, well, I mean they're probably gonna show this again. But geez, I mean, uh, let's break this down. Like the Very beginning, unexpected. Yeah, the beginning sounds hilarious. So the beginning sounds like it takes place right after Thor Ragnarok. I think Thor has his short hair and he's in his battle armor from thor ragnarok uh so it's gonna tie into that uh spider-man Spidey oh, one more sense. tidbit sorry. yeah 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 they also said so i read it uh somewhere that the hulkbuster armor hulkbuster well, armor also well. appears yes i read that also so there is so many things they're breaking out this spider-man shit yeah this spider-man shit is crazy first of all he's wearing he takes that suit he's wearing the iron spider suit in this movie and he does have spider sense rugs what do you make of this trailer description what are your thoughts well i didn't see it so i don't know if it was good but what it sounds like <laughs> It's going to be pretty fucking interesting. I mean, Captain America has a fucking beard? Well, and a new costume? Yeah, they uh the the rumor is that he may be Nomad in Ooh. Infinity War. You guys know the Nomad? Yeah. He's got like a blue and yellow costume with like Cosh- discs on it. The costume ain't going to work. That yeah, the <laughs> costume is very dated looking. His chest is wide open. Uh, he had a short-lived run, Captain America 180, 184, where Rogers, disillusioned by the revelation of the secret empire running America, took off his Captain America costume, donned a cape, blue and yellow uniform, uh, and became Nomad. Anybody, you read any Nomad? I remember Nomad. I don't remember Nomad. I do. But, um, then some other guy became Nomad. Yeah, there was a lot of other people. So, he's putting down the Captain America costume in this. Things are changing. Uh, this, I can't, I mean, geek boner. so much geek boner in that description. The, the spider sense, uh, gets my nipples hard. Uh, and, uh, I cannot wait. Yeah. You guys get the spider sense. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, inconsistently. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're shoving it in now. He gets it <laughs> seven months later. His it. powers are still developing. Like puberty. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, also at D23, did you guys see the pictures of the black order? Which is Thanos' little crew, these statues. And you get a good look at Thanos also. Uh, Black Order, of course, consists of uh, characters with such names as Corvus Glaive, Proxima Midnight, Ebony Maw, and Call Obsidian, known as Black Dwarf in the comics. Uh, Those are relatively new characters made by Hickman. Yeah. I'll describe them real quick. Yeah. Um, Black Dwarf is basically the heavy. He's bigger than Thanos. He's huge. He's huge. Um, Proxima Midnight is like kind of this warrior uh, woman that is married to Corvus Glaive. Uh, they're a couple. Who is has this uh, spear or knife or whatever. Scyther? I don't know what's, what it is. Yeah. But it can basically cut through anything. And then Ebony Maw is their like manipulating uh, magic-y kind of guy. So, I mean, if they're going to look like this in the movie, it's very comics accurate. It's very, very badass. What do you guys think of the way Thanos looks? Like, we're getting 
an even better look at uh, Josh Brolin Thanos now in this statue. It's going to look like that. Where is this uh, poster? Which one, which link is that? Uh, this is the one uh, under Black Order from uh, CBR.com. Well, while he finds it. Yeah. Um, Got it. I like I like how everything looks. I like the fact that I'm sure there's going to be faceless people, too, that they're fighting. Oh, the, uh, what are they called? They're, they mentioned uh, they're in there. The, the Night Riders? Uh, the, the Outriders. Outriders, yes, yeah. So the Outriders will be your be your like faceless people that there's swarms of them. Yeah. But I, I, I think what's going to happen is you'll have these five characters floating all over different parts of the universe and different fun team ups of Avengers will be fighting. Carrying out guys. his orders. Yeah. The, the- well, no, I'm saying they have fun, like fun, like you'll have like star Lord and Dr. Strange and Iron Man fighting Ebony Maw. Or yeah, something. Yeah. And then like, you'll have Spider-Man and Drax and, uh, Winter Soldier fighting uh, Call Obsidian. Or oh something. man! And like, can you imagine Black Dwarf going up against like the Hulk and uh, maybe Iron Man and the Hulkbuster? Holy crap! Uh, that's gonna be awesome. The Outriders are—they c- kind of have like alien, like Geiger alien-esque heads, and they got like four arms, and uh, they're—they're—they are the faceless swarms. So. This movie has everything. I love these statues. They also revealed this new logo for the 10-year anniversary. It's just Marvel Studios, but instead of the I and O in Studios, it says 10 and it's red. It says the first 10 years. That's pretty cool. Whoa. That's pretty cool. I'm, uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm, take all my money first off. Right? But <laughs> I'm very excited. Everything I've read so far has been pretty exciting. Everyone that's seen it has said it like – Forget about the airport battle. This is like this trailer just blows people's minds. I, I'm still curious how they're going to pull it off, but I'm very excited. Uh, so here is who's confirmed for I got a list of who's confirmed and who's not confirmed for this movie. And so, you know, if we just went over that cast list on there missing, strangely, is uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson. They're probably busy shooting something. Oh, yeah, they weren't there. Who cares? But confirmed is all those people, plus Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, uh, Paul Rudd, Zoe Saldana, Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, Denai Guerrero, Benedict Wong, Colby Smulders, Benicio Del Toro, and Peter Dinklage. How about Brolin, dude? How many? Peter Dinklage. Yeah, as uh, I don't, it says question mark. It doesn't say who he's going to be, which he oh, was. What? Yeah, that's weird because he was just in, well, he was in uh, the X Men. Going to be a voice for something? Maybe, maybe he's the voice of one of the Black Order dudes. Hey, let me ask you guys something. Yeah. Obviously, there hasn't been a movie like this ever in terms of build up for this long. Yeah. But has there ever been a good movie with twenty to twenty five main characters? Maybe to fifty? No, I can't <laughs> think of one really. Like this is never. I can't even think of one that's even been attempted. No, this is unprecedented. This has never been attempted before. They're going to be writing the blueprint for how to do this, uh, and uh, whether they can pull it off is going to. Do you do this? I don't know. I don't know. How do you give I mean, all these people a chance to have their right. moment? Well. You have everything established already for most of these characters. Right. So we need to talk about the characters who have not been established. Right. And how they're going to kind of fold those into the thing. Because yeah. you've already seen most of these guys at least four or five times in a movie at yeah. this point. Yeah. So well, they don't have do, to like do any building. They're going to do, I think, one of the first movie. I might be wrong, but I think this first Infinity War will kind of be a backdoor 
origin for Captain Marvel, too. Well, in the not confirmed list, we have Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Favreau, Jeff Goldblum as a Grandmaster, Martin Freeman, and Marissa Tomei. Not confirmed, but then we have like not happening, and they put the Defenders and Evangeline Lilly, so that's really nothing. But the not confirmed, uh, Brie Larson on that list, so yeah, that's interesting. And how about Josh Brolin? Like he's uh, he's Cable and Thanos and Jonah Hex, a really bad Jonah Hex movie. He's got a lot of comic book uh, credits now. It's just pretty badass to be Thanos. He used to be enjoying it. Yeah, man. So, yeah, they came out and, like, you can watch some of the video. Like, he had the gauntlet and he was holding it up and he was just having he was having a blast. We also I'm have so curious yeah. how this is going to pull off. How do you pull this off? How do you give every character their moment? And, like, I mean, do you give every character an arc? I don't you know. What, what? Who dies? How, what, I don't know. What happened? Well, here's the other thing. How many guys? How many people do you think are going to die at the end of this movie? Somebody has to die. They got to start killing some of these people off. Well, how many people are on screen in Infinity War? Like 12? Uh, this picture has... No, no, no. I mean in, in Civil War. 12 oh, people Civil... on screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had 12. It's like six and six sides. Yeah. They had 12 and then you could throw in like they had Zemo and Emily Van Camp and other minor characters. Right, right. Right. So they will have... If they could do Civil War as a good way to like extrapolate what they'll do with this yeah they just have it's just gonna be bigger it's gotta be lighter on story and more on fighting i guess yeah i mean they're doing two movies so that might help i i was listening to uh movie bob one of his podcasts yeah the chipman bros podcast pretty good podcast okay but they were like one of the real challenges besides integrating all these characters and all that stuff is like guardians has a, a like a very very like wacky tone to it. Yeah. That hasn't yet been integrated with like the seriousness of like Captain America movies. Yeah. And Avengers. Yeah. So how do you do that balance without it being without guardians still feeling like guardians and the Avengers still feeling like, well, yeah, I mean, when they added Ant-Man to civil war, he brought in some of that humor and it worked. That was like one, one, a start of that. But then, you know, Guardians Two was full of full of laughs, full of gags. How do you incorporate that into something that's that's going to be real heavy and probably end in the death of a few characters? But this balance, man, the Russo brothers have their work cut out from him. Uh, One thing they they do have going for them, yeah. Besides the the hype, is this is also something that went was going really going for Avengers and Wonder Woman. Is I think the fans are rooting for this to be good. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, like Avengers, for the, when that first came out, you you wanted to see that movie because you were hyped to see it. But there was also the inherent thing that this has never been done before, so yep. you wanted it to be good. Yep. Similar to Wonder Woman, not not that it's never been done before, but people wanted that to be good yeah. so badly that when it was good, they ha- they like it was hyped so high- highly. And I think that's what Infinity War has going for it too. Is I think a lot of people are rooting for this to actually be good. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, what, Mar- Marvel pulled out the Avengers. We've never seen that. They're going to pull this shit out, something that's never been attempted. It is a huge goal. Yeah. Now, uh, Mark Ruffalo uh, talked to Variety along at E23. Uh, right from his own mouth, here's a clip regarding a Hulk solo film. Here's what he had to say. I want to just make one thing perfectly clear yeah, today. A standalone Hulk movie will never happen. <laughs> Tell me why. 
Because Universal has the rights to, st to the standalone Hulk movie, and for some reason, they don't know how to play well with Marvel. And, and they don't want to make money. And with you as the new Hulk, it would be terrible. That's, so that's really probably that's the reason. Because we know that these corporations would work it out if they thought they'd make enough money. So, so it's I think it's, about... There you go. There you go. We're never getting a standalone Hulk movie, and that's pretty much... Is a, that what Mark Ruffalo sounds like? He sounds like a different guy. He does, he does sound a little... <laughs> he sounds a little dweeby sometimes. <laughs> He's like, right. Bruce Banner. That's Bruce Banner. There was another clip where I think they were messing with everyone, because Ruffalo and Cheadle was sitting next to him. He's like, dude, everyone dies. And Don Cheadle's like, hey, shut up. What are you doing? But I think they were just fucking with people, but... Yeah, people. that 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 I thought that I thought that was interesting. Or like you know, people are asking and they don't understand the way you know. Well, the, well, let me explain why they were able to do a Hulk movie in the MCU prior. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before Disney bought them, they were under Paramount, and they were able to work out a deal with Universal to put out a movie. And now, but now that it's Disney, Universal is not going to play nice with Disney. Disney for now. No, but I mean, if they see what they did with Spider-Man and so, although Universal you know. at this point is hurting for franchises, I mean, they did just try to launch the Dark Universe, which with the Mummy has been a flop. That has been a failure. So maybe they need some money. Who knows? I think if they see what uh, the Spider-Man deal is bringing the monies to Sony, they may change their mind. Be like, you know what? Let's enter into a similar deal. I think Universal may. This is. This might be just my me making this up, but I think they also have the rights to Namor, which is why we haven't seen Namor. Oh, you may be right. I thought he goes along with the Fantastic Four. No, yeah, maybe not. I, I don't know. know. I think that's a, I mean, that. You would think he, he would goes along with the Fantastic Four, but then we also just saw the Watchers in Guardians, which I thought were also fantastic. Oh, but that's you, have like, you have like Fox and all these studios making the movies like, you know, Logan and shit and Deadpool. Why wouldn't Universal want to make some that money right? from, from Marvel? They want. They need to jump into this. Like it's their. They own the rights, right? They can make a Hulk movie. They, they could can. make a Hulk movie. Why don't they? Yeah, they could make a Hulk movie. It just wouldn't be a Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Well, the the one Hulk movie they did make was Hulk with Ang Lee, and I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I thought that movie wasn't very good. Yeah, but now they know what to do. Yeah, that's true. They got a better template. Uh, the one thing I do want to touch on from San Diego Comic-Con, because what next week is just going to be a orgy of geek news uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. We'll pick out the stuff that we liked. But Yeah, so for the listener right now, you're probably going to listen to this while Comic-Con is happening. Yes. Or we're not going to talk about anything from Comic-Con, no, so you're going to have to wait till next episode. <laughs> next episode will be a Comic-Con rundown, but there's this awesome poster uh, that people tweeted of again this is something i never thought i'd see the mcu on one poster you have iron man flanked by uh the guardians behind him nebula gamora and mantis with doctor strange and then spider-man in the iron spider suit the black panther war machine winter soldier hawkeye and then the hulk in the background holy crap and it just says five four eighteen uh and you see spider-man he's wearing that iron spider suit man shit that's fucking badass like I, I just, As artist, do you like that poster? It's not. It's not bad. It's a. It's a good painting. Rugs. What do you think? It's all right. I'm not like bowled over by it. It's. It, it's. It's Alex Ross, right? Uh, is it Alex Ross? I don't know. It looks kind of. It looks Alex Rossish. Does it say in here? It could be like it's a, a concept uh, art poster. It could be like uh, somebody doing an Alex Ross thing. The, the only thing I don't like about it is everyone's looking kind of concerned and up and then nebula's looking like right at you yeah everyone's looking off to the right i guess you know like they're 
looking for something. Something's happening, but then Nebula is not looking at it. I mean, if they just grab some co- concept art, I mean, there's good likenesses and it's a, it's a nice special poster for the people. At, Try to tell if it's Photoshop or the paint. I yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell in the photo. It looks like a paint job, but maybe on top of a photo kind of thing. It's a combination. I, it's it's the, I can't tell. Yeah, it is hard. To tell. It is hard to tell. It's like if I could see the actual right. I need to like see the scan of it. Yeah, yeah. Then I could figure it out. It's hard to tell in a photo of a picture. But uh, it's official. The last thing I wanted to bring up is there was a uh, a crazy leaked image that may have possible spoilers uh, from uh, an editing deck. Like it's a shot of a screen with uh, a lot of stuff on it. Uh, what do you guys think? Should we have you seen this? Should we talk about this? I don't know how much I, this. I don't see really anything to talk about in it. We see uh, there. So you see like some green screenshots on the left side. And then in the, the what the one main thing is in the lower right, there's a picture of Spider-Man like CGI in the iron spider suit and Dr. Strange flying at him. Uh, they say there's two very important bits of information in this small image. The first is that Spider-Man appears to be wearing the iron spider costume or a version which was presented to him as part of a potential Avengers membership. The other interesting thing about the image is Dr. Strange's dialogue. As he's saying, Peter, protect them. They're not dead while flying towards Spider-Man. It's written uh, uh, on the screen in words, uh, which seems to hint at a big heroic moment for Spider-Man in the upcoming film. This may be like we said, like you said earlier, Anthony, where they're teaming up to fight uh, Thanos's children, which the Black Order in this Infinity War, they are all his kids, just like Gamora and Nebula, who maybe he was trying to raise them to be part of the Black Order and uh, they disappointed him, and he has other. They're called his children. Yep. I don't think it's a hoax. It came off of Reddit, um, but uh, very, very interesting image. Uh, so check that out in the show notes. But uh, that, uh, man, what do they have left at for at San Diego? They got a ninety-minute Hall H presentation. I get, I mean, they have Black Panther. They got they have, Thor. They have Thor. They have Black yeah. Panther. I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they'll do a Black Panther Thor panels and they'll probably do an infinity war panel they might do like an ant-man and the wasp panel too oh, yeah, yeah. They have an announce yeah they have some stuff and they know what they're doing god damn but two weeks that this hype is just they're going to uh break the internet uh what they like to do is that they're gonna they're in the evening on saturday so dc is in the morning oh yeah and we'll be like releasing stuff and then there'll be all this hype and then and then they're gonna Marvel undercut always it. Yeah. will yeah. undercut them <laughs> And, and Marvel's they, like you go. They, you go first. It's cool. Put yeah, your shit out. They always fine. have. DC every time you go s- on and, and try and explain why they don't have any directors for their movies. <laughs> <laughs> These movie we have one director making seven I think movies. We got a director today. <laughs> Yay. Oh wait, he already left. Never mind. <laughs> He's already. They, quit. they always <laughs> like to undercut DC. It's, it's kind of funny. I mean, DC. I'm starting to see images of like Steppenwolf, Sierra and Hins as Steppenwolf, and uh, the new Batmobile is there. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Talk about it all the shit they put out but wow any final thoughts on uh infinity war i cannot wait this is this is fucking crazy when all that stuff came out i was combing the internet for more details last saturday and hoping that something would leak online and and they did a good job nothing leaked. i'm surprised that they can stop this from leaking uh, stop any video from getting they must have taken their phones like they do at hall h uh in this day and age the cybersecurity, they got fucking 
Snowden working on this. Keep it quiet. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're going to, that's it for the news for this episode, because I want to get to War for the Planet of the Apes, but before that, we're going to take a quick break, play some promos, and we'll see you on the flip side. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake from the History of Bad Ideas. And we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program here in just a second, geek listeners. But we do a weekly podcast called The History of Bad Ideas. Yeah, we'll discuss things like television or movies or music or games or any other thing that falls into our geek-related podcast knowledge. You can find us on uh, Geek Life Radio Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Or Radio-Blitz, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Or you can listen to us whenever the hell you want on iTunes and Stitcher. Check us out. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. My name is Carrie Sims, and I host Sketching Comedy with my artist friends, Imran Javed. Hey, that's me. And Phil Rude each week live on YouTube. Hang out with us as I learn and discuss the legends of comic book art and comedians while the fellows are creating live drawings during the show. I learned Jack Kirby most closely identified with his creation with Thing. Oh, yeah, that's right, Carrie. He was an old-school pup guy, and it's because he was in a street gang in New York. Visit BlazingCaribouStudio.com or tune in each week on our YouTube channel and download the podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are found. Catch you later! Do you like superheroes? Do you like movies, television shows, and comic books? Do you like listening to a guy rant about these things for hours on end? Well, then you're in luck, because you need to check out Pod Capers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape. Featuring me, Scott James Meridue, we'll be talking about a variety of geek and nerdy issues, joined each week by a rotating panel of guests that will try to contain me. Jokes on them, I cannot be contained. So please join us on Pod Capers, the official podcast of A Place to Hang Your Cape, where superheroes go to relax, but I never do. Cue the music! Hey, listener, if you're enjoying the Jock and Nerd podcast, there's more show to be consumed. Geek Boner. Join our fan club on Patreon, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Uh, pledge for a low monthly donation. You're going to get access to hours and hours of bonus audio, a whole new podcast feed just for our patrons. Uh, I know. I, hey, nerd. Yes. Listen. Not you, nerd. Oh, not me, nerd. nerd the- you nerd, all you young okay, you, nerds you talk out to, there. Talk to the nerds, Anthony. You like our shit? Give us your money. You'll get more shit. Simple enough. If not, we'll fucking throw you in a toilet. <laughs> basic math. We'll give you a wedgie and a swirly <laughs> at, the, at the same time. It is basic math. Basic math. It's basic? basic <laughs> I can't talk today. What are you, today. Cindy from the Brady Bunch? <laughs> I do Martha. I cannot talk today. I'm exhausted. Look. Oh, my God. If you want to know what kind of stuff we have, I put up another free clip. I'll put a link in the show notes. This, it's a short clip, and it has to do with me learning something new about the jock. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. It's, it what has, did you learn? It has to do about how we use our hands. Remember that? Remember, I still don't know. Remember that little, uh, that little conversation? 
I don't want to. I don't want to about wiping front to back. Yes, that, it was all about how I, the the jock and myself we wipe the same way. I was surprised to learn this. Oh shit! No, Wait, that, what? That's I not don't it. even remember this conversation. That, well, you're gonna have to go on the Patreon page. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's a free clip if you like it. There's also a free post show from our Spider Man last review. week. Yes, it was. Oh, I might have been. Well, oh, I don't even remember. You put the show up from last week? Yes. <laughs> What's the matter well, with you guys? Well, I didn't even know it was out. <laughs> but look, the more exciting, important thing is we have a new patron. Nerd. Yes. Uh, loyal listener and new patron fan club member, Wes Cranford. Is on board. Like a fake name. It's not a fake name. We still got to get the twenty dollar guy on. We got to so get know. Joe Henry on. But Wes writes in. I'm going to share his email right now instead of the end because uh, he's given us money. He said, "Okay, I did it. Well, it's been a year since I first wrote you clowns, and I finally given you some money. Now Rug Boy won't have to say sucking dick all the time." Uh, LOL. Seriously loved last show. Rug Boy was on fire. Reminds me of when I lived in New York because he's a lot like my New York City friend Jay. Crust bitter opinionated but jay moved out of mom's house like your liked your review of spider-man funny i couldn't figure out why i didn't enjoy it as much as the others and your points made me realize what i was missing i did enjoy it but honestly ant-man was funnier maybe we're all just getting used to these movies and are no longer wowed keep it up boys you do make me laugh and yes sometimes cringe lol the yank from down under west cranford so west lives in australia i think he's in a he's He's talking about the show that just happened. He listened to mm-hmm. yes, last week's show where you you're talking where you, to, where you mentioned sucking dick a lot. Yeah, this is oh. the, and to remind you, Ruggs, I'll give you this. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? <laughs> that sums that up, never gets old. That never gets old. Great. That sums up the last. It makes show me listener. laugh every time as if it's the first time I've heard. <laughs> the arrest, I love that. The arrested, arrested sir, sir is the best. You got to get Marisa up on this board. I'm gonna have to make cut some Mauricia. If you have, if you don't know what that is, listener, uh, just look up. How do you spell it, Rugs? I don't even know. You ask me to spell a, a foreign name phonetically. Just spell it out. <laughs> Not you, Rugs, but the listener. It's trust me. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. You'll see it. You won't be disappointed. Uh, let's get to the war for the planet of the apes. We're gonna start it off like this. You maniacs! You blow it up! Okay, we're ready. This is the ninth movie in the Apes franchise. And before we even get to the review, Anthony is our big apes guy. I love apes. They're not monkeys. They're apes. I, we, need to, we need a quick rundown of this franchise so yes. we know where we are. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so Planet of the Apes, you know, those movies that I think they came out in the 60s. Starting in the 60s. Was it the 60s? Yeah. Let me look. 66, 69 ish. Damn it, Anthony, sound confident in what you're saying. <laughs> 68 was the first. Film. There you so, go. So back then, before like Star Wars, like this was the sci fi franchise. But back then, unlike now, sci fi franchises didn't get more money as they made sequels. They got less. Yeah, right. <laughs> so by the time they got to the fifth one, which was Battle for the Planet of the Apes, the movie had like no money. They had like no money, and that this, but like so these the Apes movies have always been this weird thing where like everyone knows about them, but a lot of people think they're just pure camp, or they all they remember is the makeup, rubber masks, right? But these movies were actually all pretty good, in my opinion. 
Um, starting with Planet of the Apes, which is the most famous one, where uh, Charlton Heston's character goes out to space, comes back, it's a planet of apes. The ending is like one of the most iconic endings in all of movie cinema. That's what I just played. Yeah, where he reali- that's where he realizes that it's not some fucking weird world he's on. It was on it's Earth. It's Earth! And it was the humans that killed themselves, and now the apes have rose up. So that's important because this movie that we're about to review ties kind of into that if it really wanted to. Yeah. Um, Beneath was this weird movie on the Planet of the Apes where they humans were worshipping nuclear missiles and another human came. Not that great of a movie. Escape from the Planet of the Apes is one of the better ones where two of the apes from the ape planet go back in time. They escape the planet and go to our era in the 70s and it's an allegory for like racism and all this stuff because they're accepted and then they're feared, they're aliens and they get killed. But they give birth to Caesar who up to this point in the series um, was this hyped character. He's this prophet. Caesar's the first ape that said no. He's our savior. So they give birth to Caesar in sort of an alternate timeline now. It's like This was basically Terminator yeah. before Terminator. Yeah. So they give birth to Caesar who rises up in conquest of the planet of the apes which is set in the future where a bunch of apes are now basically slaves to humans, and Caesar leads a revolt. And then battle for the planet of the apes is apes versus humans, but then there's also this big thing in this where it's ape never not kill ape as ah. one of the gorillas kills Caesar's son, and there's infighting for apes. So all this, all these, all these movies were really good, and most of them were really good, and it's all been about the rise of Caesar, basically, and how he's this prophet and how he's the first ape to say no to humans. So then we get to the remake in 2001. That one doesn't count. Planet of the Apes, which you shouldn't even let watch. So yeah, just we'll ignore discard that. that. Yeah. Although it has some great makeup, and Tim Burton directed it, so it's got some weird shit. He hated making that movie like while he was making the movie. It does have awesome makeup. Okay. I'll give it that. Okay. So now why, why I'm recapping this is I feel like no one's really talking about the Planet of the Apes franchise no. now. Yeah. Even though it's prequels slash reboots of the original series which were big movies back then and people still you know to this day talk about the ending to the first it's classic sci-fi it's iconic that's classic iconic franchise but for whatever reason i think it's because these came out and then star wars came out directly after and star wars took the throne as we are the definitive sci-fi franchise that everyone remembers when it was actually the apes before that but anyways so Rise of the Planet of the Apes, if you saw that, or if you haven't, I'm going to recap it, is basically s- these apes get tested on uh, for uh, Alzheimer's disease, and it's a cure for Alzheimer's, but then this cure has a effect on apes where it grows their brains and it makes them smarter. And Caesar is the first ape raised by James Franco to kind of ri- lead a revolt. It's all James Franco's fault, by the way, all of this. Yeah, he takes the ape in, blah, 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 blah. But basically, Caesar leads a revolt of apes and gets them all out of the zoos or whatever. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which in my opinion is one of the best movies I've ever seen, um, is basically a story about a king, again, trying to toe the line, the fragile line of war, trying to play both sides of appealing to humans, but also appealing to apes. And then he has to deal with another ape who's his brother who turns on him. It's your classic, like, brotherhood. Yeah. Shakespearean. Shakespearean. Yeah, brotherhood going down. Shakespearean story, which brings us to war. 
Which brings us to so war. war. So Dawn of the Planet Apes ends with uh, Caesar defeats Koba. He actually kills an ape he when he says he doesn't. He's not. He says he ape won't does kill not kill ape. ape. Yeah, kills the ape um, named Koba, and then he realize he's talking to Jason Clark's character, who I forget the name of, and they basically are like. Yep, it, war is inevitable. It's going to happen. So Koba kind of kicks off the conflict. Kick, Koba kicks off the war. Between um, man and ape. Rewinding real quick. Why, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. One of the, the, my favorite moment in that movie is a moment that's kind of been built to in all the 60s and 70s Planet of the Apes movies is when Caesar finally says no. Yeah. And the way they direct that scene and the way it's with the music and all that is one of the best scenes I've ever seen. Plus, this is a movie, Rise, that kills the humanity and the the disease spreads in the credits at the, the credits. end of the yeah. movie it's like it's so amazing the credit the end credits are amazing you know that would be a movie itself but they're like fuck it we'll just put it everyone dies in the credits we're right. moving on uh let, so quickly before we get to our thoughts this movie on rotten tomatoes right now is at 94 percent metacritic 82 score out of 100 uh, box office wise, uh, this was made for $150 million opening weekend. It makes $56 million, which, uh, Spider-Man made like 45. So it, it took over Spider-Man, but in the planet of the apes series, this actually, uh, it's a little bit more than what rise made opening weekend, which was 54 million. Dawn made 72 million. Opening weekend, but so it didn't get close to Dawn of the Bloody Apes. It didn't kill it at the box office. It it wasn't bad, but it didn't kill it. Yeah. It was up against Spider Man, so it had a yeah. little bit of a trouble to do that. Yeah, but it's still like dethroned number one. So worldwide, it's made 125 million as of July 19th, uh, and taken down Spider Man at the box office. Uh, this movie, written and directed by Matt Reeves, who. Coming in to save Batman. Who will be doing Batman uh, next. Mark Bombeck also gets writing credit. Uh, the cast, I mean, if you haven't seen uh, these people, you don't see them because a lot of them are apes. You got Andy Serkis uh, as Caesar. Woody Harrelson as the main human bad guy, the colonel. He's just called the colonel. Steve Zahn in a great role as the bad ape. Uh, Karen Conneval, Amelia Miller, a bunch of other people. They're all Toby Kebbell sort of makes an appearance. We'll get to that. Uh, and a bunch of other people playing these amazingly mo-capped apes. And I feel like, uh, how do you even judge these performances? Like, you know, I don't know what these people look like. Well, that, that, I think that's a conversation oh. for a little later. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah we'll so let's that. start with opening thoughts. Uh, Anthony, I feel like you were the most excited to see this. When you walked out of the movie theater, what was going through your head? I, I walked out and I was like, that was really good. I I was impressed with everything that was done. Not to say this is a bad movie. I think Dawn is a better movie, just because I think Dawn has a little bit more going for it, but we'll go ahead and get into that later. I think War for the Planet of the Apes was um, a pretty fitting trilogy to the Caesar story. Mm-hmm. And taken as a trilogy, this is one of the best sci-fi trilogies in a really long time. I, I, don't, I can't think of a sci-fi trilogy or a trilogy in general that stuck the landing in all three of their movies. Absolutely. So I, was, I was very, uh, I was very satisfied with this. It is very satisfying rugs. Opening thoughts. What'd you think of the movie? Well, I'm going to ape what Anthony says. <laughs> oh, 
A pun. <laughs> lot of ape puns. Um, now that monkey business around here. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was good. I liked the uh, second movie better. Uh, I, I think it was a little bit more uh, enthralling. But this was a very good movie. Um, I was dazzled by the effects. The performances all around were good. Um, so I did enjoy this movie a lot. It's it's definitely worthy of the score that it has on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah, it's definitely a good movie. Right on, yeah. And when I came out of this, I was like, it was like satisfying and sad, and it reminded me of Logan a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, I gotta agree with you guys. What a solid ending to this trilogy. The arc of Caesar, uh, is, is so good. Uh, you get how, you feel how beaten and older he is in this. Uh, it, it, to me, it's close. Uh, it's very close to the second movie. The second movie may edge it out a little bit. Uh, but stunning CGI, stunning performances. Great. Uh, just, just a, a, a great movie, a great ending. To this movie, and again, Anthony, you're right. I can't think of another solid trilogy like this uh, in recent times. But wow, I was wild. I was like, wow, holy crap! Like, uh, uh, I've, it felt good, and it was uh, it was very satisfying. So, same things. So, usually in our reviews, we'll, we talk about what we like and what we didn't like. Let's start with what we liked, and I will just say. I came and I came back and I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes afterwards. And what, originally when I watched it, I was like, man, these apes look amazing. But holy shit, compared to war, the way the technology has gone, the CGI, these apes were so – I was the whole time I was like, how are they doing this? How is this not real? Like the real apes. They were, I was like, how much money are they throwing at the screen? I mean, one hundred and fifty like, million. How do they afford to do this? Yeah, and you know, Matt Reeves doesn't shy away from close-ups with mocap characters. Like the times, the beginning of this movie is so strong. The first twenty minutes, they're they're sign they're signing, and you're reading captions. But a lot of the times, there's not a lot of dialogue because you could tell everything that's going on from the expressions, from the facial expressions. They're 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 saying everything. And the fucking CGI is just it's it's like micro expression. Yes. It's like little tiny things are going on. It is an amazing it's gotta win an Oscar for special effects. It does. It has to. There's nothing I've seen like on this level and scale of different characters. Like at best, if you like watch a King Kong, you know, like there's one guy that Right. There's one character. There's like there's like not like eighty of them. Yeah. Eighty mocap characters and they're all convincing and you and you forget that they're mocapped. That this movie and like if you look at Dawn and this one in compare in combination, Rise had a little bit of it, but the last two, I can't think of another move. Like this is unbelievable the way they they're able to have a movie where like most of the dialect is sign or just facial expressions. Yes, yes. Or like I think a lot of it too I've read was actual like the way chimpanzees would communicate with one yeah. another too because it's not pure sign language. So like. I, that's when like people are like, you like these movies? I'm like, you, do you not understand that these movies are amazing yeah. and they're doing it without dialogue? Yeah. <laughs> like you, This is like a foreign film. It, it is watching seamless. basically a foreign yeah, film. Absolutely. It's seamless. Like, yeah. You don't see that rubbery CG effect. No. You don't feel like pulled out of the movie at all. In fact, it pulls you in even more than a regular movie with CG because CG is so easy to spot. Yeah. Right? Right. Yep. And even though we know we have a suspension of disbelief and we know that this is not real – it is real enough to where like the performances 
can actually elicit emotions from us. I mean, the, right. the eyes, crazy. the eyes on all of these creatures had so much soul and pathos. And like, you knew what they were thinking. You knew what they felt just by looking at it without them saying anything. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, what else did we like? Anthony, you gave me something else you liked. Oh, man. I liked Caesar a lot. Uh, Caesar yeah. was awesome. I think his character arc was great. Um, I liked that they had the teases of Koba. So they kept teasing that from the second film, he was all like ape, not kill ape. And basically he was saying that Koba uh, lost himself due to his, his hate, his hate yeah. and his rage. Yeah. And the tease throughout this film was spoiler alert. The Colonel kills um, Caesar's wife and his kid blue eyes. And right in the beginning, beginning, like right in the beginning of the film. So, for much of this film, he's on the hunt just for this personal revenge to get uh, the colonel. And you keep they keep teasing that he's going to go to the dark side. He's going to go to the dark side. And I like that. He because, says it to Maurice. He's like, I don't know if I can control my hate. Right. And he's like, Kova was like this. And he goes, I may be like this too. Right. So you had the story of uh, this character, you know, maybe falling apart and not and losing all his morals. And I liked that he wasn't this perfect I don't even know how to describe this perfect guy. He's yeah. not a guy. This perfect ape. <laughs> well, he's, he's, a, a guy. he's a guy. He's a guy. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> right? it is a guy. And uh, he, I mean, I, li- I love, yeah. I liked his arc and I liked the fact that Caesar gets them there, but he's that it's that story where he sacrifices all his, his life and everything, his energy to get them to the promised land, but then he doesn't get to see the fruits of his labor. He dies. But his, uh, he, he inadvertently like twice, like through his, his kind of wanting to save the apes and be nice with the humans. Like he fucks up twice. So big in this movie, putting everybody in danger, uh, in terms of in the beginning where he lets the, the scouts go back. Cause he's like, I'm going to send him a message. We're not savages. And the, the traitors, uh, the donkeys, which I love that, like uh, the illusion of Donkey Kong and also pack mules that they have them working. Uh, oh, I, that's yeah, that's the humans that have the apes that went to their side just to recap. Koba, Koba supporters. Koba, yeah, Koba supporters are now helping the humans out. Uh, I, that doesn't seem like it makes sense. No, we, uh, that should be in what we did like because there's a little yeah. bit of a disconnect there. But I love the way they – in the, all three movies, they showed – his speech get better and better progressively to where he is just like talking like people now, you know, and he, you see how everyone else and even Maurice at the end starts talking and Maurice uh, knows how to speak a little bit. Yeah. And the ape that read the ape that turned on them, the gorilla, uh, he speaks as well, man. Think of- didn't, didn't more apes speak in the, in the previous movie? No, it was actually only Maurice had one line. Koba talked uh, a lot. Koba talked. Um, and Caesar. Caesar and Blue Eyes talked a little bit, but Blue Eyes died in this one, so he didn't get yeah, Blue Eyes didn't say anything in this one. He got killed in oh, the first Oh, he's dead. Second. Oh, he his, never, uh, his son. Yeah, he never, well, you know what? That was the other crazy thing. Like, they set up, like, you you meet his son, and, like, he's you you like him, and just he gets killed right in the beginning with his wife, you know? Well, he had a really pivotal part in the first, in the second yes, one. So yes, yes. To kill him that right away was like, oh, shit. I, you this know, movie's serious. That scene was awesome with the waterfall where they were hiding, but I was surprised that that was so early in the movie. Like, when we saw the trailer, I thought that would have been, like, towards the end. But, man, it just opens up with fucking... Well, that's the scene that basically jumpstarts the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, because at that point, it was like, oh, we're going to go. We found paradise. We'll leave tomorrow. 
Yeah, you know, so like that'll throws a wrench into plans. The, I mean, I think the 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 plot. You know, it's a very simple movie. There's not a lot that happens. The plot is basically they're going to the promised land, uh, but then uh, what it's you, simple, but it's it's it's, deep. it's like it's gut punch after gut punch yeah. because you get the his his wife and his child die. Right. Then you get the Luca dying. Yeah. Which is the the gorilla, the general gorilla. Then you get. Oh shit! All the apes have been captured. Yes, and they're now being slaves. Yes, and then you get oh, let's fucking torture some apes. So, and then you get oh, let's shoot a random orangutan. So you get like a lot of gut punches <laughs> along the way. Oh, yeah. and by the way, at the end, Caesar dies. <laughs> and then Caesar dies, which I mean, you kind of he, you know, Caesar knew that this was going to be his last, his last hurrah. It's it's the story of a prophet, basically like Moses. Yeah, or it's like the end of Logan, where like he gets the kids to the promised land. It's basically the story we should have seen with Terminator and John Connor that we never got. I mean, and a, a lot like the first movie, like it's part prison break. It's part like Nazi concentration camp, part slavery, uh, part like white supremacist uh, commentary, part, part, uh, part um, Trump. Yes, a little bit. A Let's l- build a wall. Yeah, they're building a wall. <laughs> they're like, what is he Let's building? Let's build a wall for all the people we don't like. You got the apes to build a wall to keep uh, the other people out. Uh, Rugs, uh, what else did you like about this? Give me another one. Wow. Uh, I like Manape. I really liked oh, his yeah. character. I think he was. Wait, Manape? That's not Black Panther. Hey, bad Ape. Bad, bad Ape. ape. <laughs> bad I'm not thinking about Manape. Manape. Steven Zahn as Bad yeah. Ape was the perfect comedic uh, touch. It wasn't done too much. Uh, he was great. I loved him. Yeah, he was really good. It was a nice touch to the movie. And like that's what I'm saying. Like there wasn't a lot of talking apes, and so it was good to see one that could hold a conversation and kind of have a a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, that you heard <laughs> his name is Bad Ape because bad he kept ape. doing stupid shit. They were like Bad. So ape. They just called him Bad yeah. Ape. Well, that, what's great about him too is, as I mentioned, this movie is basically a gut punch the entire film. Yeah. And he adds that little bit of, oh, I can still laugh. This movie can still be somewhat enjoyable and not just be this downer the entire time. I mean, every little thing when he fell and he's like, I'm okay. And then when, oh, that was great. That's great. When there's a part online, the clip where he's walking underneath the sewer, he's like, 36, 37, yeah. 37. Yeah. Like he, he counts the steps and he's all excited. He's, he's like, like, I did it. Yeah. And then and then uh, Maurice is like, get on in my back, basically. He's and like, he's no. like, no. And, the, and Maurice yells at him, and he's like, "No, no, okay, okay." <laughs> he's like, "No, don't go that there." That scene, and then like when he is, he un um covers the the he he gets he digs out from underneath, yeah. and all the apes are looking at yeah. him, and all you can see his eyes, eyes, eyes yes. and he's just like looking at him in <laughs> bewilderment. And uh, Rocket's like, "See, this is the ape I told you about." <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's all it's fun so stuff. Good. That, and when he comes out, and he's. Everyone's dressed, or everyone's you know just looking like apes, and he comes out wearing a, a vest coat and a and, a, and hat. a hat, a blue vest. Didn't they wear something like that in the original movies? Was I feel like a lot of these things were nods to the original well, '60s movies. I don't know. If, I don't remember. Like a blue. There's something about a blue vest, but he looked adorable. Uh, he was great. Yeah, but you mentioned Rocket real quick. That fucking scene with Rocket going to distract everybody. Oh yeah. Well, they're trying to get uh, was it Nova out of there? Yeah, Nova was in there feeding Caesar. The little yeah. girl. Uh, yeah, he was about to like die of starvation and exhaustion, and Nova comes up and, like, for some reason, is undetected by anyone. <laughs> that's true. But that's more Easter eggs, because isn't there a character named Nova? So that is, this is why this movie is so fucking awesome, 
the the love interest for Charlton Heston's character is named Nova. That's awesome. In the original Planet of the Apes. Although I don't think this is the same Nova because that Planet of the Apes occurred in like 3,900. Yeah, we'll talk about like the timeline after. But it's this, a nice nod. Yeah, because those movies are still like hundreds of years away. Like they got to build all that shit and, and make more apes and everyone has to learn how to talk. And there, There's a, a lot more civiliza- civilization and, and getting smarter. But you see yes. how at the end, like Maurice, the orangutans become like the lawgivers that they have in the original movies. Right, and he's like, right. I'm going to know everyone's going to know about you, Caesar. So, so yeah, that's another thing. I'll, I'll, let's go into that. I really liked the connections to the original films, yeah. especially that first one. As I mentioned, Caesar has been talked about forever in those original Planet of the Apes films as this prophet, as this amazing character. And if we finally see all that in all three of these films, especially in this one, he's basically, this is how he became Moses. This is his story. That's awesome. That ties in directly to the original Planet of the Apes. You've got Nova. You've also got Cornelius. the fact- Cornelius, which is his son. His son's who, name's Cornelius, yeah. Who eventually, there's a Cornelius character in Planet of the Apes that's one of the good apes. Also, the way the disease yes. has now evolved yes. to make humans basically primitive and not speak is exactly how the humans are in Planet of the Apes. They're like, like the They're pets. basically apes. Yeah, they're, it's flipped. They're the apes' yeah. pets. So that little girl, they, they're, they're, they're looking for the colonel, and they come across the little girl who has... The, 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 the flu and she can't talk, but she, I thought her performance was amazing. Like, again, a lot of this alarmed me to Logan, like Daphne Keene without saying much. And she was like, she actually had stuff to do in the plot. Like she wasn't just like a little, uh, a side thing for them. Like she, she helped them escape and, and she moved the plot along. I thought she did an amazing job. I like seeing a little girl, uh, with that, with the crew. I liked I liked her too. I liked her learning sign. I liked that she became she was so um not seeing of of color. Yeah. That she was doing the sign where it's apes together strong. Yeah. As if she was a fucking ape. I love when she's like I'm an ape. I'm an ape. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "Yes, you're ape. Apes together strong." And she's now, I guess she's going to live there with them in that in that promised land. Uh, what else, man? There are so many things. Just the, I thought the score was pretty good. Michael Giacchino, just like on every movie these days. Did you guys, did you guys like the Colonel and how brutal he was? I did like the Colonel. I liked that he had a little bit of depth. How like he explained uh, what his son went through, uh, the, and then the whole twist being that he is actually building a wall. Uh, to to uh, hold back the other humans because he was way too extreme. He was killing people because he didn't want they, – they were a threat to humanity. If these people spread this disease, this is the end of mankind. So he even killed his own son. He killed his own son. He killed his own – and you can kind of like – uh, understand where he's coming he, he's, from. He is basically like, I am the last hope for humanity. I'm going to not only kill all the apes, but I am going to kill – anybody that has any sort of disease that affects the greater population of humanity. Man. And he's whipping them and torturing them. He's put, yeah, putting, I don't think that was, a, I, I, I was a little bit leery of that stuff, but um, I thought that uh, his character having that extreme take was pretty different. I think that that was unique about the character. Um, there was something I didn't like, but I'll wait till we talk about. I that. love the but. prison break. I, that whole prison break scene was was pretty fucking cool. Like it was I, very I tense. like the fact that this movie 
is a summer blockbuster that for I'd say 80 to 85% of this movie is basically just a character film. Yeah. It's not it's not your typical summer blockbuster. There's amazing special effects, but it's not used in giant battle scenes. It's yeah. used on just character moments. And I like that we have a summer blockbuster that's an allegory for slavery and slave break and Moses and um you got fucking apes being tortured and children being murdered and like this is all heavy shit that's just being done with apes. And there's no I thought it was interesting. Yeah, you're right. Like they don't do anything you would expect from a big blockbuster. And I think that helped make it not cliche. There's I mean, no big battle you, between them. Can you imagine a, a summer blockbuster where the 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 lead character runs up upon the um the adversary's compound and there are people nailed on X's. Yeah. Two things and being like half dead, <laughs> like just stirred up crucifixions everywhere. Yeah, wasn't that also from like the first uh, first mo- the movie the original movies those X's like uh, setting up a perimeter of people tied to X's? I don't remember I that. Like I saw that. It might it might be in the originals, but I mean, who the fuck like when he when Caesar rolls up and he's like looking at all these X's with apes just beaten to death and fucking nailed on her. That's what 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 summer blockbusters are doing that? Yeah, no, it's 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 really out of left field. It's crazy, yeah. and you see that that rage in in Caesar's eyes. You see like him just uh, the shock. So let's talk about a little bit the end because you know you're you're hoping for the showdown between the colonel and Caesar, and it doesn't really happen. It gives you something that you wouldn't expect. Uh, the colonel ends up getting the 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 disease. He can't speak and he can't speak and his nose is bloody and Caesar is there with a gun to his head and the colonel's just begging him to do it. Well, rewinding a little bit, it, it it seemed like it was implied to me that he caught the disease from the doll that Nova. Yeah, of course. Oh, the doll. That's what did it. He picked it up. She was infected. She's carrying him with her all the time. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. So the doll. I thought thought that's what it was, but I wanted to confirm. Mm, I yeah. That's, yeah, that's what it was. That's, that's fucking great. So Nova basically kills him. Nova, Nova gets the final straw and he puts the gun down and uh, the colonel just offs himself. And then we get well, into. Well, no, well, well, you're 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 blowing the biggest part. Yeah. Caesar sees this. Yeah. He sneaks in yeah. while they're battling. The humans are battling each other. He sees the colonel can't speak, and Caesar has a chance to just off him yeah. right there with a gun to his head. And the colonel wants him to yeah. do it, but Caesar holds back and doesn't give in to his Koba like urges yeah. and just walks away. It's the moment where he gains his like humanity back or man humanity or ape humanity. Yeah, that's, whatever that's it is. where he gains ape like his big, his ape ape man. Man. He's like yeah. he can look himself in the mirror yeah. if there were mirrors. Yeah. If there were mirrors. And like yeah. the yeah, he's finally shed off the hate that Koba uh had uh and well I didn't I wasn't expecting that, man. That, that, no me neither. That was crazy. Uh, and the- I was kind of hoping for a battle between yeah. them, a fist fight. Yeah, but that was more of a, a kind of a poetic way for the colonel to go out. It almost would have been too cliched if they did that, you know. Like they really flipped the script on this and 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 give us stuff that uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect. Ah, uh, what else did we like? I mean, I'm a big fan of the supporting monkeys, apes. I'm sorry, yeah. wow, monkeys have Maurice. tails. You're the one who told me that. Yeah, Maurice is fucking awesome. Maurice it's crazy been... to me that's played by a woman. Well, Maurice is a, a girl, right? It's technically no, that's a boy. Really? Because the, boy, the way yeah. people talk about him in some reviews, I, they kept referring to Maurice as a she. I'm pretty sure it's a he. Hmm. 
but who knows? <laughs> Maybe Marisa. Yeah, like Marisa. Oh, it's like Marie, Marisa. I mean, Maurice is a, a man's name, but uh, I, I really enjoy Maurice. Yeah. I love how caring that character is. Like the fact that he signs, he's like, you, you guys can leave, but I can't leave the girl. Like I'm taking the girl. Yeah. If you guys leave, I'm staying with the girl. Like his character. I enjoyed rocket as uh rug boy mentioned, yeah. you know, Ru- rocket goes in there and he, fucking sacrifices himself but he's actually smart enough to ha- know that he has to get in there to cons- to execute the rest of the plan yeah i mean all the fucking apes man so there's a a, a bit originally at the end maurice didn't have any lines they wanted to do that end bit without maurice speaking because he she whatever barely spoke in the movie but they said as then we were rehearsing they weren't quite getting it because the emotion was coming through from the difficulty of her articulating. So I, I, I kind of love hearing Maurice speak. Cause then you start to realize that she's also getting smarter. And then he, he whatever, got it. So confusing. Uh, he's getting smarter and he will eventually teach the other apes. Well, if you, talk. you notice the way he speaks, they're so clever. Yeah. Cause he speaks, but he's not able to like just do all the sentences in one right, breath. Right. He's got to like choose very simple words and like, just put it together very slowly. Like, Son will know yeah. father. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he's it's not like the apes can just straight up speak right away. It's an effort. Yeah, it's effort. Yeah. In the second film, literally the only thing he says throughout the second in the second film is when Koba shoots Caesar and is accusing the humans of doing this. Right. He literally just turns around and goes, Run. Oh, that's, that's right. That's a great moment to uh yeah, to uh Felicity and uh that John Connor was right. in the movie. <laughs> John Connor. <laughs> John Connor. What happened to that guy? You think he's dead? Oh yeah, he's dead. It's They're been like dead. two years. Yeah. So it was fifteen years from the first movie, and then like two years since the last movie that they're and I mean I just Caesar's just like, look, we'll leave you alone, you leave us alone. But uh Colonel ain't having it. The Colonel ain't having it. Well he ain't having it, and he also had a, a traitor ape named the Abino Gorilla named Winter. Winter, yes. Winter was great, too, and I was kind of upset that he fucking flipped sides. I was like, you fucking bastard. It's that white ape. It's the white <laughs> ape. <laughs> of course he's a of course it's the white ape. It's going to turn. Even when they, like, they're killing him and Caesar's choking him out, he's having flashbacks to ape not kill ape, and he's yeah. choking out Winter. Like, it's it's all very well done. Yeah, I actually, I like the Koba parts where he's, like, dreaming or he's he's just delirious, and you see him. It's fucking freaky. It's He's conflicted. He's yeah. totally conflicted yeah. about what he's doing. And uh, he, you can't be a leader without having to do those hard things. Yes. Yeah. And he made. I the- love. I love that about these movies. This the second one and this third one, um, both are just what it's like to really be a king. Not only a king, but a king of this growing civilization. You know, it's it's in its infancy. So there's a lot of tough decisions that need to be made. And he's he's towing the line and he's trying so hard and he's doing his best. But sometimes he falters. Yeah, those scenes in the prison were great. Uh, Caesar standing up and and the others standing up for him and starting to work when he was about to shoot him. Uh, that was yeah, some, that was that was, um, great Lake. Shit. That was girl, Lyson's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get a little nitpicky now. Let's do it. What didn't we like? Rugs. I feel like you were you could be a little bit critical. But give us yeah. Well. I was a little bit critical because um, I went in – I had watched the second one uh, recently. I remember them being more talking with the apes, and I was like, what? They all forgot how to talk now? 
So that caught me there off wasn't, guard. There wasn't, though. I Well, I thought the son would at least say something, and he didn't. But, like, I was decisive. I thought that was weird. But I got over that. Yeah. That's not, like, a huge deal. Yeah. That's just, just something I that, that early on in the movie, I was like, why is only one ape talking? Or there's nobody else talking. But I got past that. And then I was really into the movie uh, up until the part where they um, go to the camp. And then I felt like that the colonel... I don't, I didn't understand his plan. Like, especially after they revealed that there's other people, the other humans were coming to get him. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that wall's not going to do shit. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why is he doing it? <laughs> Cause he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just, I just didn't understand. Like, if he really wanted to get rid of the apes, he would just shoot them all. Or he, they didn't need to do that. Like, I don't understand. Why would he want to me? If I was a, if I was the colonel, I'd be like, they're a liability. These apes are a liability. Them sitting there is a liability. They're better off just dead. Yeah, but he and I can worry about defending the 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 thing. But he knew they were coming for him, and he needed some kind of protection. And those people, damn sure, ain't building a wall. They had air, they had fucking aircraft. They had they missiles. Had everything. Yeah, they had. Yeah, they air, didn't, that air wall, didn't wall jack shit. So I'm saying, like, why would you divide your your attention and have to worry about these apes? And whatever, and feeding them, and, and and compromising your supplies, and all that stuff, it doesn't make sense to have them as 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 as, as prisoners. Right. So I just didn't get that logic. Yeah. I was like, uh, that was weird. And then also, like, he could have just completely um, killed Caesar, and then like demoralized all the apes, and then really beat them down. But he didn't do that either. So I I just didn't understand. He was a very uneven. In his character, I'll say that yeah. he. I think he kept Caesar alive because he knew that. Caesar that was special. Rail up for everyone else, but he thought he killed Caesar in the beginning, which is why oh, he was true. there. He did think so. He yeah. He says King Kong is down. Yeah, Kong which is, is down. A good, right. good line. Uh, so the defector apes kind of don't make sense because if you think about the Koba supporters hated humans the most. Caesar actually yes. was raised by the humans, so he understands that maybe they can live their life. We could. The Koba supporters hated humans. Why the fuck are they working with the humans now? Let me yeah, answer that. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make a lot. It, it's not the best reason. They hate but, Caesar more. But they, they, they hate Caesar more. And the Koba followers also, I think, think the humans are going to win. So they're oh, just looking. They're picking they're, the like winning Red side. Red says at the end, because mm. uh, uh, Caesar's like to, uh, to Red, the, the one of the traitor apes, like, are you even yourself anymore or something along those lines? Like, do you even, is there any left ape left in you? Right. And he's basically like, I'm fighting for myself. Like I'm just fighting to survive. Right, right. So that I, yeah, it does. When you think about it, it doesn't make as much sense. But I could see the the connection there. That they're they're basically like humans are going to win, and we're going to be on the right side of history. So let's just stay with the humans. Why didn't the humans fucking learn sign language at any point? They could easily figure out what the apes are saying if they just learned some fucking sign language. Yeah, <laughs> well, good point. Here, I'll, I'll defend that. Okay, <laughs> they're not compete. Uh, they're not communicating and complete sign language yeah, it's like a weird it's a weird yeah. hybrid mix of sign and actual ape gestures which is genius i, I have a couple of complaints okay because obviously I, I thought don was better um if you're a very casual fan that doesn't really understand what's been going on in the past two films the title of this movie is it's, completely misleading. It's a little misleading, isn't it? Not only is the title misleading, the trailers and the posters for this are very misleading. The poster has an army of apes on horseback yeah, I was riding just looking up at against it. an army of humans that never with happens. guns. 
No, no, there's this is not a war film. There's at no all. war in in it. There's barely any war. Yeah. There's maybe two or three action scenes, but they're not huge. Yeah. Um. The the big war is actually between humans. Yeah. So title is a bit misleading for me. The the second act in this movie, the prison sequence runs maybe five ten minutes too long. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that yeah. too. That it, there was parts that dragged. Yeah. There was a there was parts where I was like, in the middle, oh, this is getting a little long. Yeah. Like, they're really beating the fuck out of Caesar. Like they're almost beating the audience to death at this point. Dude, it's very Jesus Christ torture that that part where he's he's getting whipped. He's getting whipped. Kind of like the Passion grill. of the Christ. They were Mel Gibson's. They were reminded me. I mean, of. that's not bad. It's just it was long. Yeah, it was long. Yeah. And then the, one of the other complaints I had is I like the tie-in with the disease affecting infecting humans and now evolving to take their voice away. Yeah, but Woody Harrelson's character, the Colonel, basically does. Uh, uh, a 10 minute exposition dump. Yeah. Which could have been, I don't know how you would have handled it any differently, <laughs> but a 10 minute exposition dump is not the best way to explaining handle it. what happened. And then he's basically telling the audience exactly what's happening, why everything's been happening. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it's, there's other ways. You well, it's the it. most dialogue in the movie too. Also, it, like it, I mean, it's time. a lot of dialogue, yeah. but it's like, it's literally just him explaining the movie to you. Uh, also, if the girl has the thing, why isn't she dead? Why isn't her nose bleeding? What's no? She's she was she's already got it. She's got it. Her nose was bleeding when they first got her. Oh, that's right. She doesn't talk. Yeah, it's not that they kills them. It just makes it, you primitive. It just makes talk. you mute. Huh? It makes you think you're an ape. Yeah, but she just kind of just like a mute. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Okay. It, like it takes away your speech, and then you become more and more primitive. You're just not as smart. You don't yeah. have the aptitude. To I'm smart. What do you? Oh, you mean the girl? Sorry, I thought you were talking about me. Well, <laughs> I mean, she's just doing basic things a kid can do. That's like your 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 intellect wouldn't go above what a kid. I see. If I could compare it to Dawn, yeah, for real yeah, quick. yeah. I want to get into that a little bit. Not that war isn't a bad move. War is actually really very good, yes. in my opinion. The reason I think Dawn is better is Dawn has like war is more straight up good versus evil right like they give the colonel something but it's he's still a fucking terrible human yes all the humans are terrible right yeah, except for the, the, alpha, the omega yeah. like all that oh i like that for the beginning and the I end lo- i love that with the greek letters that's pretty that's cool because isn't that the beginning and ending of the greek yeah. alphabet yeah alpha omega very good but dawn has just more themes and more going there's more twists and turns there's also like the the brotherhood um battle there's the fact that the theme is basically knowledge is power. Yeah. Yes. But also yes. like knowledge is also a bad thing. It can corrupt like, because you. it can corrupt. Yeah. Like you, you basically the apes become knowledgeable and they become more powerful, but now would they have been better off just being simpletons because now they're killing each other for power. Mm. There's that going mm-hmm. on. There's, you know, there, there's the fact that the humans and the apes are both in the right in this film, in that film. Mm-hmm. None of that's displayed in this one. This is more this just is, a, very a jailbreak. Si- yeah. This is more, yeah. just, this is more just slavery and let's get them to the promised land. I, it's just, and it is, I mean, it's like a depressing, like a uh, bleak kind of thing, but well, I, this movie's more one note. Yes. The, that's the, the second I, yes, one has more yes, twists. That's what I was going to say. Like this, I lo- I mean, for me, it's very close because I like each for what they're doing, but there's more humans in Dawn. There is way more going on. I, I don't need, I don't necessarily think in the humans. I think it's just Dawn is more your empire strikes back. I think if they took out that whole, the whole wall thing, I think it would have been a stronger movie. I think that you could have had taken out that all that time that they spent on the wall and use it for something else that's a little bit more memorable. Mm. 
Uh, like even like I don't know. Like I felt like that that was like a back door to tell a little bit more story about the characters, which is cool and all, but then it also dragged. Right. So there, there should, I, I, I like the fact that, uh, Caesar got captured. I like the fact that he had a one to one to one with, uh, the Colonel. Yeah. And I like that, um, that rocket got to, got his ass beat to, to try and save Caesar. I thought those things, but you, they could have taken that whole wall thing out. And done something else with it. I think the movie would have been a better movie. It actually, had maybe uh, some of the apes try and like rush the, the place and tr- get him out. But I don't know. It just it just was weird. You, you know what it reminded me of? Yeah, it reminded me of Dark Knight Rises yeah. when Bruce Wayne gets captured and put in jail. Yes, and then yeah. there's like like the whole second act is basically him trying to get yeah, out of jail. Yeah, the movie just kind of stops yeah. in the middle. It kind of just stops. Yeah, yeah the movie, yeah. There's, just, there's not a lot of momentum yeah. in that part. Also, I thought it was weird. So at the end, the other army shows up all in white and, and then you see the helicopter battle. Like, it looked amazing while the apes are trying to escape and avoiding uh, gunfire. And then an avalanche comes, wipes everyone out, and they all, you think they're the apes are all dead. And he looks up in the trees, and you only see a few, but apparently they were all in the trees. Like, where did the rest of them come from? In the next scene, you see a whole bunch more of them walking to the desert. And also, the, how long did they walk? How long did fucking Caesar have that arrow wound that he he just conveniently died when he got there? I like that he got to see, he got to look over the apes and see them in their new land, and then well, quietly die. Like, nobody even noticed that he was dying. Like, that was I very I interpreted poetic. that as, like, physically, even like us we can go like for long stretches on adrenaline yeah. if we need to. Yeah. And then when your body finally gets to the point where it's like, all right, your, your body's done working, it'll, it'll stop. And I think that's what they were the adrenaline kept on yeah. going, man. And they like for, several times the, he had to go until the, his, the mission, yes. the body allowed it to him to go until the mission, until he done. saw these people in the clear. There were several times where I thought the girl was going to die. Like they really had me. I was like, Oh shit, she's going to die. Oh, oh she's that brings die. up, that brings up a, a, uh, nitpick. Okay. Rugboy brought it up earlier, but I don't know how the fuck they didn't detect Nova in that compound. She just walks she through. Like 10 yeah, minutes. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's checking She's like this. making him dinner. Uh, <laughs> she basically cooks him dinner. You're right. And I don't understand how this compound is like full of soldiers and it, they take out one guy with poo. And now like all the apes can just escape and no one notices. That was so great. Yeah, that's just weird. They had two cages full of apes yeah. and no one notices nobody's them. Yeah, one one guy watching. Yeah. yeah. And no, they 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 all like crawl out underneath or like are on like, um, lines basically. Yeah, right like, above them. Nobody sees this. Right up, but no one. There's notices. no watch out. There's no like guy in a they tower. They don't notice until every last one of them's out of the compound. The guy's like, and that fucking. I didn't. I didn't really like that Caesar got killed by a fucking arrow from that dude that he let go. I like that. That it was the guy he let go. But an arrow? Come on. They could have been a little more epic. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's not always epic. Sometimes that didn't bother me that much. I just the biggest. The thing that bothered me was a lot of the stuff that was going on in that prison. That was just, it was, I, I felt like, yeah, there's people not getting noticed. Nobody's paying attention. Things <laughs> happening. They're building a wall for no apparent reason. <laughs> it just, I, it, not that the movie was bad, no, I, but I'm like, it would have been, it was kind of like, yeah. the, the thing about this movie is that you could say, point out all of these shitty things about it. It's still an amazing yeah. thing to watch. Yeah. It doesn't detract from the fact that. It's an amazing film. It's the character work, man. You buy these, you are into these characters. You care about them. They made us care about them. And the, the end w- was a great payoff. Well, and, and if you've been a big fan since 68, although I haven't been alive that long, I've enjoyed those movies. Yeah. Um, 
these are the films that you've been waiting for. You've been waiting for for Caesar's like how, rise yeah. and his. How did this happen? How he? How did this all happen? How did the apes rise up? I, I don't, this is the story. Can you walk into this movie without watching the first two? I feel like I don't think you should. I don't think you I should either. Think so. I think it's a mistake. And Be, well, the Koba the stuff especially. Yeah. I mean, you have to have seen yes. the part. Yes. The thing is, is like what's brilliant about these films is starting from the first film, like you had Caesar, yeah. but you also had Maurice, yeah. which is the only ape that um, Caesar got along with originally. So Maurice is basically his second in command. Yeah. They got along because they could both sign and his characters evolved. Rocket was in the first movie, the ape that bullied Caesar. And now Caesar and Rocket are They're best buddies. friends. Yeah. They're buddies. Yeah. Koba in the first movie yeah. was the ape that they were all experimenting on. And his arc is awesome. Yeah. Like, all these apes, started from the beginning and are all here you have to have watched all three i just i mean i yeah i love how caesar was actually raised like the only one raised by a human so he he still has he understands faith. he humans. understands yeah. them that it is possible but everyone he was loved by the human yes he was yeah. loved by james franco i wish they alluded <laughs> a little bit to the franco in this one like a little bit of a show me the beginning to wrap it want? up just like when he's dying maybe you got you saw franco, franco. yeah yeah, they kind of tie it all back around. Do you think there's going to be a four? Does this need another bridge movie? Because the timeline-wise, so first of all, Charlton Heston is in space this whole time. Uh, but by the way, yeah. the first movie you see that that see that on a newscast. Uh, yep. Icarus is yep. lost in space. Yep. So it's still hundreds of years until we get to the first '66 Planet of the Apes or '60s because. They got to build all the shit. They got to become civilized and start wearing clothes and have laws and courts. And what, what, where do you want to see this to go, Anthony? Do you, I, this is a great trilogy. Do you add another movie to this? Do you start another trilogy in between? I don't know what you would do. I've read that they do have plans for a fourth. Yeah. What is that going to be? I've read that Matt Reeves is open to doing another one. Um, what would you do? As far as where you go? Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel like they should leave this alone for a little bit. Do you jump ahead in time, like way I, ahead? What in I time? think they might do is an, or another Planet of the Apes remake, but oh, I don't know how you do the original better unless I just don't. I don't know. So I don't know where they would go. I like uh, this trilogy's wrapped up. Yeah, this, I, I mean, mean Caesar's story done, is wrapped. Yeah. They, they have to go with a, like a new ape. They have to go with Cornelius. Cornelius, but that's a Cornelius. different Cornelius. It is a different Cornelius from the one from. The he, there's original. no way that's him. He, uh, that's like hundreds of years of the feud past this. So you you could leave this alone and then just say watch the original Planet of the Apes and it and it would fit. You could do something with no, uh, I don't know, with the girl, but she doesn't talk. <laughs> with uh, uh, I don't know, Maurice, like uh, starting to civilize. Yeah, I don't know what you do, but man, for for three for three movies. This is a per like if you sit down and watch all three of these together, what an amazing experience this is. Like you you are just going for a great ride. It's, it's one of those franchises that's made money. Yeah. And yet they every time they make a film, people talk about it and they review it and they give it high reviews and then no one ever talks about it's it. It's so weird, but I kind of like it's like it's like being a fan of like a really undercover band that you don't want a lot of people you don't want them to get big you don't want a lot of people to know them but the fans that they have connect over you know like the pixies rugs right like the pixies never made it huge but pixies fans can relate to each other and yeah, they have- you're not gonna sit there and like walk up to joe schmo and go you know the pixies right yeah, and they're gonna yeah. be like what yeah mm. it's almost like this trilogy isn't for everyone what, what's crazy is like this films these films have made money so yeah. the people are watching them yeah 
I will go up to like my my friends that are you know into movies, and I'm like, "Have you seen the new Apes?" And they'll be like, "I haven't even seen the Rise of the Planet Apes." Like you know, like Kate Amatuzo. Yeah, those movies are a joke. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, people, like, people just don't even, them off. aren't even aware that these movies are awesome because of the rubber I masks. I went to that first one with that James Franco. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went with a group of people that I I made them go see this movie. I was like, I want to go see this. And they're like, let's be stupid. I'm like, let's go watch it. There's nothing else to watch. And then they were like, oh, my God, that movie was awesome. That was like the best movie I've seen all all, all year. I mean, I mean, I think the so. Tim Burton movie did a lot of damage to the franchise. I think that did a lot of damage. I, I remember seeing Rise, like Rugboy. And the only reason I saw it was because I was a, a fan of the originals. I was like, oh, a prequel. That would be kind of cool with Andy Serkis. But I was blown away, too. Yeah, I, I think... 2001s did a lot of damage. I also think the fact that um, Planet of the Apes is remembered as kind of just dudes in makeup. Like Campy, don't actually, 60. I don't think yeah. a lot of people saw those movies. No, no because you look, you see the rubber ape mask and you're like, I'm going to watch this. But you got to give it a chance. So recommendation, listener. Well, they also killed themselves, the Apes franchise, because they, like I said, they each each movie had less of a that's budget. How, that's how you used to make movies so, back in the yeah, day. Right. For a which long was weird, time. Which was back in the day. Yeah, that was I how mean, they until did until just recently, really. Like, that didn't Total change. Star Wars. Yeah. Total Star Wars. Yeah. But Battle was okay. Yeah. But then after that, they made a Planet of the Apes TV show that was awful. I think I remember that. I think I watched some of and, that. And that basically killed the franchise. Because they, they, it was so expensive to do the prosthetics for the apes yeah. that they barely had the apes on the Planet of the Apes they TV show. They couldn't afford it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Anthony, what recommendation for the listener? Like, if you've not seen any of these, start at the beginning, watch them all. You will not be sorry. Trust us. This is an amazing I think you, journey. I think you can do. I mean, start these, with Rise, the first. That's what I, mean. I would do these first three. Yes. And then, and then I would back. also watch Planet of the Apes maybe after, yes. just because yes. the ending to that is. The movie's fantastic, and the ending to that's iconic i kind of want to watch planet of the apes after this movie and now having seen this like it's kind of like watching uh, a new hope after rogue one go back and watch the original star wars it's not that tight as those two but they they set they they've showed you the seeds in these movies for the, the ending to planet of the apes is so mean because the whole movie charlton heston's character is this skin, skeptical human right that actually doesn't like humanity that's why he went to space right and then throughout the entire film, he's trying to convince the apes that humans don't suck, yeah. even though he kind of believes that humans suck. Yeah. And then by the end of the film, he believes that humans actually are okay. Are okay. And then he comes up upon the fact that humans kill themselves. And he's like, <laughs> fuck, I was right all along. Humans you suck. You blew it up. Like, so that line, he's, he's talking about the humans. Right. God damn talking- you all the hell. He's not yelling at the apes. Right. He's yelling it's at the nuclear war that wiped out the humans. That's all so awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's these movies have always been a lot deeper than yeah. surface level. I remember watching that first one and it was on it was on uh TV. It was on TV a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it it kept my attention and I was like maybe like 9 or yeah. 10 years old yeah. watching it. So. But you're right, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that last scene like I've known Out of the out of the uh, the 5, yeah. I'll rank them real quick. Planet of the Apes is number 1. Okay. Uh number 2 would be um, escape okay which is the third one number three is conquest which is the fourth those two are both really good and then fifth would be battle and then sixth would be or fourth would be battle and then fifth would be the second one so rank these the three what do you think about these three i'd go dawn yeah uh war and then rise yeah dawn and war very close 
And then I like Rise. Rise is good though too. But Rise is fucking good yeah. too. Yeah, Rise is also not not a nothing to sneeze at. I think it's dead net neck and neck with the uh, Yeah. Uh, you know what? I changed my mind. Rise is the second one. Only only because it's it starts it again and the the part when he says no is been built but, to in theater, in cinema for 40 years. I mean, for me the advance in technology, the way these apes looked really pushes this movie above just you have to watch this. You have to see I mean, this for your own eyes. Yes. If you're looking at it performance-wise yes. and 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 visually this one has got the best mocap that absolutely is. the best rendering. Yeah, um, you know the first one's a few steps behind it. A lot mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah. Like if you watch Rise, you're you're going to see the graphics. And even in more. Dawn, they seem a little glossier. There's not as much detail. The and Dawn I thought is that shot looked... at night and in the rain. To help oh, out. that's true. And I thought the apes look great in that. And then I see this, and I'm like, fuck, dude, how do they do this? How is this all fake? This is Here, crazy. Here's the, here's the question that I've. I heard on every review of the show or anyone that's talked about or not this show, but these movies yeah. and have recently come out is a lot of people thought Andy circus deserved an Oscar yeah. after the second one. Yeah. Do you or not an Oscar nomination him in this role doing motion capture? You think that's Oscar worthy? I think he, or, yeah, or, of course. Or is it, is it still that gray area where we're like, it's Andy Circus, but we don't know how much the CGI um, is actually, you know, covering his performance and what's the animator and what's well, maybe they Andy should Serkis. share it. Right. I think this is an argument for that he gets a best actor nomination because even the animation is based off his performance. It all starts with his performance. I think well, just just to kind of clarify for the listener how the motion capture kind of works is they're wearing these suits that will mimic their, you know, cover their body movement. And then they have the white dots on their face yep. that the white dots actually aren't taking their facial expressions and inserting it onto an ape face. It's just a placement for where a face should be. It's they, they wrap the CGI over the, so like the, it's the just so the white build. dots are there so that when they put the digital build, it's where their fate, they, they'll know that's, oh, well, that's stuff, the face. It's like, it's, it's the face. It's they stuff need to put lines the face up. There. Yeah, that's right. where it helps. But man. So it's not capturing actual facial expressions. Shit, it's I don't know. Then the who animator gets... to then look at the actor's yeah. performance and then translate it. God damn, who gets, who gets the, I think so, they should share it. I think it's a little bit of both. It, I think it's, yeah. It, but definitely Andy Circus should be acknowledged as doing great mocap, or or some there kind should of be a category for that. Yeah, should, yeah, that that's the debate. Is is there should it be its own category, or is this acting, or what is it? I don't know. There's, he needs to get some because kind of. He needs like, a lifetime achievement. Yes, award, that's right? what I'm he saying. He needs something. He needs some kind of lifetime achievement for since uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. The man has like said. Oh, you're the, forgetting about Gollum, dude. Well, but that came after King Kong. King Kong. No, that was prior. What? I thought King Kong I think was, it was first. Prior. Oh, I think King Kong is first. I think well, that the was original King Kong was in the 30s. I think so yes, King Kong was, was the first time that there was a completely CGI mocap lead character. And then there was Gollum. Uh, Let's look it up. Look no, it up. I think you're wrong about that. I think you're wrong, man. Lord of the Rings, the first one is 2001. Ah, crap. King Kong's yeah. in 2005. Yeah. You dick. I suck. Dummy. No, uh, Gollum. Yeah, Gollum was the first yeah. one. Wow. But I mean, he circus has made motion capture and Weta. Yeah. A thing, yeah. Like now, everyone uses fucking Weta. Before that, it was ILM. 
I'm an ass. No, Everyone was probably yelling at their podcast catcher. Yeah, but I like it when you <laughs> like it when you're wrong and let it linger a little bit. Yeah. I look, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I honestly thought it was the other way around. But still, dude, Circus should get a lifetime achievement and best actor, and this should get best special effects Oscar. It should you, get. Do you all think of it. he will? Do you think he'll get a no. nominee? No, I don't think he they will don't. Either. They can't see it like that. These old white men picking this shit out. They got it. They got a campaign to put a new category. Yeah, they so. absolutely need a new category, especially when you're doing things like bringing back dead actors for a whole movie. People have been dead since the 90s but, and but making the, them look young. The question there is, who do you honor? I don't know. I don't know. It's both. I think right. both of them get a an Oscar. Because because I, I, I think I heard this on Movie Bob's podcast. The debate also is, um, or what the actors that... Um, are so protective of the Oscars is, is if you start nominating someone like Andy Serkis for this role, yeah. like a best actor yeah. role or giving him a nominee. So then if I go in there and I put it on a performance and I didn't really like my performance. So a guy in post edits my face to make it a little better. Yeah. Does that count as a best actor role? So, so like <laughs> there's that gray area of like, all right, well then now if an actor goes in and puts on a eh, performance, we'll edit his face and, dub in some lines and now it's a better performance. No, but, but isn't that but isn't that great though? Like okay, what if they have a new category called best uh computer enhanced performance? Ah. Right? Yeah. All right. Now, if you're an actor, if you're like a guy that sucks at acting and they had to go and get <laughs> CG to make you feel better, that's going to be put out there. Right. You're a fucking suck at acting enough that they have to put CG over your face. I, they're just, it, I'm not saying this is a bit I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying that that's where their their heads at is they're they're protecting this the I guess this the sanctity, the sanctity of acting. Yeah. So it is, and it comes down to the director too, because what you said is absolutely correct, Anthony. The the anime, the have this technique allows you so much control over every little thing. To, there's no reason to get it wrong because you could just tweak it if it doesn't hit emotionally. The director's like, "Look, I need a little more expression." They fix it. It's so it's it's a weird advantage. And if the guy doesn't give that performance, it doesn't matter. You could build it on top of there. So I don't know who gets the credit. It's crazy. Although I would, I would also say that that performance, you can tell there's a human doing yeah, that. Yeah, it kind of looks like him. When we saw Jar Jar Binks, yeah, you could tell that was a fucking that there was no human, no soul behind that. You could these performances have soul behind them for sure. So I wonder that one hundred percent. All these uh, actors uh, that are listed as the apes, like were they all walking around mocapped, or was it just the face? And then they built the body off someone else. I really, man, I can't wait for like I want to see the behind the scenes. I haven't checked out. I bet there's something on the Blu-ray for Dawn, like how they made this. Like it's like almost like one of those two were like didn't uh, Brad Pitt get a nominee for Benjamin Benjamin Buttons? Yeah. Was that all makeup or was that digital? I think that was. Digital. It, it, it's. I probably. It was probably like the Captain America deal where they put his head. We're, down. we're getting to the point. We already saw it in Civil War yeah. where actors or Guardian Guardians too, where old actors yep. can look young again and do performances. Princess Leia in Rogue you know, One. Like, well, Tony Stark. Tony uh, Stark. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Doing, so d- does that get nominated I now when know. you look younger? I don't know. When you're pers- you're still acting, but now you've been changed to look a little different. Is that an unfair advantage? It's so blurry. I don't know. I have no. I'm just. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just asking. Yeah. You guys. Oh, those are all good questions. Listener, let us know what you think. Does he deserve new category? That should. It be should a be a new category. All right. Any final thoughts before we move on, fellas? No. We'll see this movie. Go watch I'll, it. I'll, all. I'll go with. Uh, let me rate it out of ten. Okay. Okay. I'll go uh, eight 
out of 10. Yeah, I would give it, I'd give it an eight too. Absolutely. I'd probably go a little lower, but not that much lower, 7.5. But I go. still enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and as the series as a whole. Is an a, amazing a final chapter to this trilogy, and what a solid trilogy. Listener, if you're on the go fence. Go out and watch it. Start at Rise, watch that, Dawn, go see this War. Is the, this is the thing for our listeners. Go out and watch something that's fucking good. Yeah, because then they'll make more. Yes. And we won't when, get. When, and this, not only that, but go out and watch a blockbuster that isn't a summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blockbuster disguise. It's a character film disguised as a summer blockbuster. Yes, there isn't really a lot of war, but there's a lot of awesome character. And uh, check out all three of them. Okay, let's move on. Run! It's Godzilla! All right, listener, we're going to talk about another thing probably a lot of you don't give a fuck about, and that's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's Godzilla because last weekend was... G-Fest 24, and if you don't know what G-Fest is, it is the largest regular gathering of Godzilla and Japanese monster fans in the world held here each year in Chicago. Uh, if you've heard the word kaiju, these are your kaiju fans. Uh, and if you check out episode 118, if you're a long-time listener, you will hear the story of last year when Anthony and I went and caused some havoc. You'll, you're going to hear... Uh, Anthony picking up chicks and me breaking things. And the listener, I will tell you, this year I did not break anything. Lame. It's kind of lame, but I had a lot of fun. And Anthony, you and I, we kind of had separate experiences this year. We kind of missed each other at the G-Fest. You did, yeah. I hung out Saturday. I already talked about Thursday when I went to meet John Bellotti and the fire alarm went off the minute I walked in the hotel. But really, this has become kind of a great annual tradition because – we get to see John Bellotti and Nick Shev, and I'm going to shout out some other artists uh, that we met and geeked out with. Uh, and, shout them out right now. Well, look. So, first of all, I didn't pay to get in. <laughs> I just kind of walked in because they take they don't take credit cards, cash only, and a stupid ATM in the lobby of the hotel was broken. So, what do you want me to do? I'm not going home. I'm just like, I'm going in. Nobody said shit. It was fine. The money I didn't spend to get in, I spent supporting the artists in Artist Alley. That's a good thing to do. Yes, and and a lot of these guys are my friends and new friends. So this year, I bought prints from John Bellotti. I bought prints from Nick Shev, who is amazing. Lenny Romero, we met, who came with Nick from the West Coast. Really awesome artist. Really nice guy. I bought prints from him, and I bought prints from uh, Jeff Zorno, who's a crazy man, but really cool. Uh, really, really great guy. And uh, I love all the art that I got. I actually got some Spider-Man Stuff also from Jeff Zorn because he did a Spider-Man versus Dracula cover. Jeff Zorno. Zorno. Jeff Zorno. And he also did. Not Zorro. Not Zorro. Zorno must be destroyed. And I got a Spider-Man versus Godzilla and everybody signed things. We also met this dude named uh, Dope Pope. Uh, we met an old school artist, Mark Maddox, Larry Quatch. It was all Artist Alley was great. Everyone had different styles. And man, Anthony, like th these guys, like this is the place where I go to be like, I don't know what the fuck anybody's talking about. I'm kind of jealous that you guys live in Chicago and can go to this thing. I I, I love uh, I love this thing every year, and that they're they're going to be coming into town every year. Anthony, what were your observations uh, when you hung out on the Sunday? Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I came at like the most uneventful time to come to G Fest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was busy all weekend, so I couldn't really make it out as much as I'd wanted to. So I came on Sunday at like 2, 3 o'clock. G-Fest closes at like 4 or 5. Yeah. So 
So there wasn't much going on. What I did see was similar to last year. Uh, lots of toys. Uh, artists selling shit. Yeah. Um, costumes. No, I didn't see any costumes. Oh, you didn't there see the co- much, that was no, Saturday was the costume contest. Saturday is the day to go if you're going to G-Fest. Uh, Sunday, I mean, you could get some deals on stuff. But other than that, my observation is I was trying to be nice to Bilotti and say that this crowd is <laughs> just as bad as comic book crowds usually are yeah. in terms of just appearance. Very friendly. I'll the give you that. Very so friendly. Nice. Yes. Very friendly. A little bit more weird, a little bit more off. It's a passionate base of a really niche thing, but these guys know not their as bad stuff. as pro wrestling fans. Oh shit! They go down oh, there. Just that's good, G Fest guys. You're above but the pro wrestling fans. Do you think that there's people there? Like when I go to a comic con, mm-hmm. there's always people there that are just there, right? Like for no. I think that you have to be a nerd to be at this thing. You right. really have to be a real nerd. You do. You're not. You're not. You're. This isn't a scene. No, it's not a tourist. No, event. this is not a scene to be at. I just don't understand why everyone's wearing black <laughs> and and not well, looking like they the, showered. The other thing and, we didn't have was there was no sex girls dancing sexy at the in the patio uh, after show like there, there was, was last not, year. There was no girls dancing around sexy. Although there was a girl that um, a few guys in at the uh, G Fest wanted me to hit on. Yeah, just to bring her down a notch. Oh my god. But I won't name it. <laughs> uh, also, I did see the vendor of the thing I broke last year, the Japanese guy and the girl. I saw her too. I didn't. I w- almost wanted to go up and be like, hey, remember me? But I, I just avoided her. And I did. I don't know if she recognized me or even gave a shit. I just kind of avoided her. Oh, I'll, I'll round out my G-Fest experience. So Sunday night, I was able to hang out with Bilotti and Nick Shev and Lenny. Yeah. Um. And I was able to hang out with them on the patio, the, the patio party, which is basically a bunch of G-Fest, G-Festers, either dealers or artists or just attendees hanging out before they all fly out on Monday. And it's basically just a bunch of dudes wearing black, drinking Godzilla's blood and Gamera blood, which is just light alcoholic drink. Oh, is that what it was? I was like, you dr- did you drink the blood? I, I mi- drank I missed the bloods. I missed the blood. It, by about four or five, I was feeling a little loose. And I was like, it's time to go. It's a Sunday night. I got work tomorrow. So here's a couple of things I love this year. Like, again, I'm not the biggest Godzilla fan. So every year, and thanks to you guys, uh, uh, Ruggs and, and Anthony and, and Bilotti and Nick Shev, like, I, I've started to grow my appreciation for this genre and this fandom. Uh, but geeking out with the artists about the art process was, that was some of my favorite parts because everyone was really nice. Everyone from like 3D rendering to 3D sculpting to just inked art to pencil art to uh, illustrator vector art. Everyone has their own thing and I love all that stuff and I was able to to geek out with them and I, I love my prints. I can't wait to put them in uh, frames and put them up somewhere. Uh, we saw an amazing suit, a fan-made suit from this dude, Kaiju Chris. I will put his Instagram and this photo in the show notes. His name is Chris Boyea. Chris Boyea is his name. He goes by Kaiju Chris, K-R-Y-S. So uh, on Saturday night, they have the costume contest, and this suit was in the back room. Do- Do- Dojo Studios has a thing where they make, there's like green screen, and they kind of make fan-made monster 
movies. And we, I, we watched this guy like get into the suit. He was a very tiny guy, very humble. This suit has an, like, this is like a movie quality suit. Like you could film a fucking kaiju movie with this suit, the, the scales on the back, the texture on him, the teeth, the face, like amazing. Like the, yeah. the hands and feet come off. And he, when he walked through, uh, the, the thing, it just looks so good. I was blown away. I was like, this fucking suit is incredible. Like, I can't believe this dude made this suit. Uh, when he, it looks natural when he's moving around. Anthony, I'm sad you missed this. You saw the video I posted on uh, our Facebook page and group. And it- yeah, I was sad. I, I saw that on the group, and I was like, "Damn!" Like that actually would I would have wanted to be at. I, it, it was. was uh, go ahead. It, it from what the photos look like, it looks like it it was like super duper detailed. And I'm looking at the photos right now. Yeah. And it seems like those the back scales are really really well detailed. The, each one I of mean, them are different. The face has got like paint job on yeah. it and stuff like that so that must have been something uh you had to see like i wish i could see. like it's foam rubber painted but then the teeth and the claws have like a shiny gloss that makes them look hard and a completely different uh substance like man just this fucking suit is amazing and then the best thing everybody is uh, Saturday night, we were hanging out, and all day, uh, we were kind of, I was workshopping this idea. I came up with an original kaiju idea. Oh, shit, boner. I got inspired. Wait, so you got inspired by G-Fest I, to make your own kaiju. I got inspired by G-Fest, and I'm going to see if I can remember it. Rugs, I ran this by you earlier this week. You may have to help me remember some of yes, these things. I, be, I remember it, kind of, and I enjoyed it. I and enjoyed Anthony idea. has not heard this, so I was just, I was so excited to give you this idea, Cole. Okay, let him have okay, it. Okay, here's my kaiju idea. Uh, imagine a post-apocalyptic future the surface of the earth is barren and destroyed because of a kaiju named ramadan oh shit (laughs) now ramadan is mad during the day because he can't eat when the sun's up he can't smoke a cigarette he he can't drink water he just wants a donut and he's pissed his blood sugar is dropping he's cranky he's smashing everything around him forcing humans to go underground and start civilization underground uh, Ramadan is, he, he gets so hungry that when his stomach grumbles, it sends out sh- sonic waves and destroys buildings. Now at night, he can eat, he'd have some water, he calms down, people come out, everything is safe. But during the day, listener. What, the thing that you left out yes. though, is that the rich people can live underground because the, yes. they, they've built the, they've built the installations underneath the city, but the poor people, have to live above ground. So they're not allowed. No, they're not allowed. So Ramadan needs a bad guy. So the poor people, in an effort to protect themselves from Ramadan, have built a mech named Ghetto Robo. Oh shit! Now Ghetto Robo is built out of like dumpster parts and uh, hot dog stands and toasters and shit that they just have around. And some of his 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 attacks are he shoots strips of bacon at Ramadan. He also has these insulin bombs to kind of calm him down because look, <laughs> his, his blood sugar is dropping. The guy's cranky. Because yeah, when you're fasting, yes. it's it's annoying. It's very annoying. So somewhere. In the past, you know, the the fasting, Muslims fast for like a month out of the year. Somewhere in the past, the moon got stuck and Ramadan never ended. So all the Muslims have died. And this guy was actually the last Muslim guy on earth who just got so hungry, he mutated into a kaiju. So it's like a kaiju with a beard named, named Ramadan. Now, Ramadan has a, a, a best friend who comes around 
only at night. Uh, this kaiju's name is Rastadon. He's got dreads. Yes. He's always stoned, and he's always got the munchies, which is why he only shows up at night when Ramadan's eating, so they can sit down and have a snack. And he doesn't understand why Ramadan gets all feisty during the day. He's just like, ah, oh, relax, man. What's the problem? And Ramadan just walks around shaking his head, uh, bobbing his head a little bit, uh, and just getting angry. Uh, so it's Ramadan versus Ghetto Robo. Wait, I had more. Did I forget anything? What do you think, Anthony? You put a lot more thought into this than I thought uh, you would. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good it, idea. It feel it, it sounds like it wrote itself. It does. This thing it does. This like it's a Muslim kaiju <laughs> that's fasting and can't eat, and that's why he's angry. He trashes the city. But the rich people live underground, but the poor people have to build a mech, and they call it Ghetto Robo. And the funny thing is that there's something called Getter Robo. I thought that's what he was saying. He's like, they build, like, that's already a, that's already a mech. He's like, no, Ghetto Robo. And I'm like, oh. So that's where I came uh, up with that idea, because Lenny was talking about Getter Robo, and I was like, wait a minute, did you just say Ghetto Robo? And then I was like, that's who Ramadan fights, of course. Uh, his breath smells like curry. Uh, he's just an ordinary bastard. I think you told me something about his, uh, his, he doesn't have a roar. It's just the gurgle of his stomach. Yeah, his stomach gurgles really and, and, and it sends out uh, sonic waves, destroy, <laughs> destroying buildings. <laughs> because look, the man, he just wants a burger or a donut and it's Ramadan forever. It's stuck. The mood the is stuck. The only thing I would say yeah. is alter the name because <laughs> it's too spot on. Well, like it would be spelled, Ramadan. It would be spelled differently. Okay, there you go. It would be like D O N. Yeah, Ramadan. Ramadan and his buddy Rastadon. Ramadan versus Ghetto Robo coming soon to a B movie theater near you, listener. How many people are going to try and kill you now? Uh, uh, look, I'm Pakistani and Muslim. I got a pass. Wow. I've been, yeah, we just. Uh, all- you can make the most. This is the most racist episode. Yeah, Imran's saying black. Yeah. And then stopping because he didn't know what he was saying. And then he describes a racist caricature of a kaiju. I covered that is all my Muslim. I cov- look. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. I'm not yeah. playing favorites. <laughs> L- listener, I fully support. Listener, let me know what you think of, of Ramadan. Maybe I'll start a Kickstarter. So you I, know what? I guarantee you, we're gonna have a fan art. Being Somebody build fan art. Nick Shev actually. I talked to him. He might want to. They really loved it. They really, dude, you got to hear this. You know what's so funny? I kept talking about it. Bilotti hated it. He's like, this fucking story again. But this random dude, uh, we were talking about it. This random dude is like, hold on. I'm in. I would would give you money for a Kickstarter for this. What is this? Like, random Godzilla fan totally got on board with it. He's like, that's a great idea. I was like, oh, shit, this dude likes it, and he's a Godzilla fan. That was great. Uh, Wasn't there some kind of a twist to oh, it? Oh, yes. At one point, listener and Anthony, Ghetto Robo what, finally kind of realizes he's being oppressed by the people who built him, right? They're, they control him. They're telling him what to do. And he starts to understand where Ramadan is coming from. And he converts to Ramadan's way of life. Oh, shit. Okay, that'll never happen. <laughs> it's like what happens when you go to prison, you convert to Islam. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. he's going to convert, and then, but then... Uh, <laughs> the kettle guy you, you see where Muslim. You see where I'm going? Like, how much more racist can we make? You see where I'm oh, going? And, and, then, and then there'll be a heel turn back eventually, and there'll be enemies again, but every so often... Oh, that's a great part. That's it's so good, dude. It writes itself. I don't know. I was, I was pretty intoxicated. It's a crazy idea, Aaron. I was a little intoxicated when I, I thought I think, it up. I think... 
it, it it's very amusing. I would also be like Bilotti, where if you told the story to me more than once, I'd punch you in the face. I kept because yeah. I kept, and it kept growing every time. Somebody else is like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh, wait till you I hear this." It has legs, but it's definitely worth one listen. Yeah, it's worth one listen for sure. It's worth the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've lost all of our listeners at this point. I don't think anyone. Yeah, everyone just ejected. Yeah, just no us. one is listening to this Great. at this point. If you listen, listener, if you're still hanging out, you are. There's some guy from the deep south still. <laughs> you're listening. a true Jack and Nerd like, fan. Yes. I know that you're there. <laughs> That's how they I are. You're listening, Haas. <laughs> listen, in this day and age, I tell people my name is Ron. I'm from Tennessee and I work on a farm. Oh shit! This is how I like disguise myself now. I'm Ron. I'm Ron. Exactly. Name. I'm Ron. I'm a farmer. Ron. From, Not Imran, from the I'm deep, Ron. I'm Ron. In the heart of America. All right, look, that's it. That's the show, people. We got to end there. Come on. You got to end on Ramadan versus Ghetto Robo. That's the best idea you're ever going to hear uh, for a while. Uh, Rug right. Boy, tell the people where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me hiding from uh, people reacting to this uh, <laughs> podcast with hate mail uh, on uh, tw- <laughs> Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Right on. Give him a follow. Find me there. I'll be there. <laughs> Listener, uh, subscribe to the show. Spread the geekery. <laughs> send, send this to all your racist friends. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know what to say. Tell a friend. If you After this, if you can still tell a friend, go ahead. Tell a friend. Nerd. Give him one of those. And look, you guys are you guys are my people. You get me. Ramadan versus get a Ramadan. I don't know, understand what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Anthony's not supporting <laughs> No, I don't support any of this. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. <laughs>